it's been a man a little hey diddle of a time um what's a hey diddle what what unit of measurement is hey diddle hey diddle is is it like is it like a fortnight or two cats and a fiddle i was gonna say yeah cats cats and fiddles come to mind that's not a measurement of time is it it is if you take two whole cats Uh and then count by the increments in which they measure up uh, multiply that by the uh, length of time you get to actually basically make two cats actually lay down to let you mm-hmm. measure them. I see. And then yeah, divide... But there's also the, uh, the, the faces of the moon affect that too, yeah? Hmm. Maybe. Like when cats are like kind of ornery? Yeah, but only so when cows are involved because they gotta jump over it. And Holy if there's a shit. new moon, how do they fucking know, right? Wait, so we're factoring cats and cows? I don't oh, yeah. have this. I don't have access to this kind of livestock when I'm measuring time. Can we just say it's been a long time? E I E I O. Yeah. Plus, I don't even want to get into like the nuances of whether or not the cats are in heat, because then it just makes for a whole fucking huge <laughs> kind of mess. Then we're all in trouble. You yeah. Know what and I mean? Speaking of fucking cats, dude, my town is currently being terrorized by fucking mountain lions. <laughs> it's. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. That, that's a cat you don't want to come home. Just just when you thought cougars were were uh, relegated only to bars. Yeah, these are the bad kind. Oh yeah, they're the worst. They don't even uh, make you breakfast. Mm-mm. No, you, you you sort of like depending on just they what kind of situation. Breakfast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they make you bre- yeah. <laughs> on a scale of uh, they make you the, comma the, breakfast or you ma- they make you breakfast. It's yeah, a very the, big the emphasis impo- is important in that particular <laughs> yeah, statement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, so far all they've really done is like Mike Tyson, a dog, that poor dog, it's missing an ear. Um, and yeah, they've just really like, they've just been fucking up gates and doors and, and cars. I like and, that. Marking yeah. the territory. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's, it's like the way I've looked at it so far, it's just like, shit, dude, mountain lions are straight up like the warriors. Like, so, okay, warriors, but... <laughs> come out and play, yay. <laughs> Except but wait, like hold on a second. Can you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> what if you owned a Jaguar? What then? Oh, like the system? Do you just put it out no. there and put it in front of your door? Show, no, show, like, show like the car, right? Yeah. Oh, ja- no, no. That's pronounced Jaguar. Jaguar? Yeah. Jaguar. Jaguar. You should put, you should put like a, uh, yeah, put an Atari Jaguar out there and see what happens. Ooh. Mount Lions just goes, what the fuck? Yeah, I can't. It's I like everyone else. Wait, what? <laughs> Splatterhouse has never been on Jaguar. Wait, what? It uh, wasn't. That was no. Graphic Sixteen, dude. And oh, Genesis. Shit, man. I need to refer to my gaming encyclopedia That's that right. I have right here. I just put it out there, stare the mountain lion in the eye, and say, "Can you do the math?" And then I lose a leg, and mm-hmm. like somewhere in or around its mouth. That's um, what yeah, and then it says that's subtraction. Well, no, what's funny is, like, California, like, game and fish, like, they're having <laughs> such a hard time fucking catching these. Like, I think, no joke, the California game and fish, they're, like, the equivalent of, like, Gotham PD. Like, they're fucking just worthless. Like, <laughs> I just think it, it's just so funny because, like, uh, fire trucks and, like, sirens have been going off in our town, like, for the last month, like, nonstop because of, like, all the mountain lion sightings and everything. And, like, I swear, every time I hear the sirens, I'm just hearing, like, fucking Yakety Dak and, and Benny Hill and just... Yeah, nice. Yeah, and, like, pretty much, like, fucking 
them like propping up a ladder and then shiveling up the ladder to get to the tree and the mountain lion's already on the ground by the time they even get there and they have like that cartoon ass butterfly net like that mm. that's the, like the nonsense that's going on in my town right now and then they swing it and somehow they're in the net <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like that's, that's some straight cool cat status dude oh i miss cool cat you guys i read the most fucked up thing today apparently yes a- yeah apparently Go ahead, yeah yeah saturday night like our Saturday night, Jesus. Saturday morning cartoons are no more. They they have ceased to exist as of this Saturday. Last Saturday that. was the very last broadcast. What the fuck is this? Mm. Like, dude, that's some shit, man. Uh, and you know what's funny too is I was just discussing like what my old cereal used to be when I watched Saturday morning cartoons, and it was Fruity Pebbles with Mountain Dew inside of it instead of milk. That's not gross. It was, dude. It was the, like the elixir. It was the fucking elixir. Like, no joke. I was like straight Trevor Moore from the whitest kids you know every time Saturday came around when I was a kid. It's Saturday! And just fucking mayhem. Mayhem all morning. Uh, with humanoids and other pointless, like, 13-episode-long cartoon series that never fucking should have been a cartoon. Uh, yeah, and this all happens on, like, the anniversary of, like, the Donkey Kong and Mario Super Saturday show that used to fucking air on CBS. So huh. weird. It's weirdo weirdy weird. Where, weirds, like, weirds. Yeah, but... God, and like, I love it. Like, the FCC blame... Here's what they blame the death of Saturday morning cartoons on. Modern Times, Hulu, and the internet. But Hulu in specific. Of course, right? Uh, I, I, YouTube, no. Apparently, oh, apparently yeah, yeah. they dodged a bullet. Yeah. Uh, what's what's new with you guys? Hmm. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Um. Hmm. What about you, Sarah? Anything new? You're working a lot. Yeah, I am working a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're doing I wish, all the wish things. I, had, I wish I had more time for me. Calgon, I know. Take me hey, away. Yeah. Yeah. Take take time for yourself, man. You need to take yourself to a spa, a nice weekend. I like think I in a, Canada, it's a spa a, with like um, maple syrup, some kind mm. of mud thing with maple like syrup, cucumbers dude. and junk. Yeah, maple syrup is what you do. A maple syrup colonic? No, that would be yeah, terrible. Yeah, do that. Yeah, do that. It sounds like the beginning of a really terrible adult infomercial that I'd catch late <laughs> nights. Like, do you need to take time to yourself? Have you just been working a little too hard? And then, like, what's the number? Andrew, toss out that number. One eight eight. Cream time. Wait, <laughs> that's the wrong. That's the wrong phone number. I was thinking of a different influential. Yeah. Sorry, guys. The moment you said cream, like the first image that came to my head was like a Cadbury egg. I don't uh, know why. I mean, it kind of looks like that. Ew. Oh, that's great. I, yeah. I have a weird diet. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's all been really strange. Can we change uh, our phone number to one eight 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 Cream Time? Can someone take that yet? Can someone call it call on our hotline? <laughs> Oh, dude, that, like, how many out-of-context voicemails do you think we'd expect uh-huh. to fucking air? Oh, <laughs> just, God. Just be going, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that'd be sweet. Anyway. Make it happen. Yeah, this is Press Pause Radio episode 89. Um, We don't really have a, a specific topic this time around. I mean, we did, but nope. we decided it's been so long. Let's just, let's catch y'all up. Let's. Let's let's just get our shit together. Let's yep. let's just the get topic, familiar with topic, podcasting. Topic this week, our games art. Uh, we already did that one. 
Oh, we actually did that? Yeah. Oh, God, man. that was like four years ago. <laughs> oh, man. Keep going. Let's see if you... Uh, if you um, uh, wait, wait. I'm going to use some other uh, some other uh, uh, buzzwords. Um, immersive. Um, shoot, what's another buzzword people use in PR now? Uh, oh, indie. That's a Indie. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, there you go, Sarah. You got it. Let's use a bunch of other stuff that's been overused and oversaid. So basically be like every other video game enthusiast website or media site. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not, wait, your, wait. not your everyday podcast, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on yeah. board with that. Uh, yeah, fuck it. Roll, roll the theme song. Let's do it. be like all the other shows yeah let's do that um well i mean first we need we need like an angry cat making background noise um it'll happen eventually happen. i know that, that that cat attacks all of itself yeah yep we, we also need a train um and a crying, baby. Will <laughs> crying baby no baby's good took us a while but we got it <laughs> i told that uh, i told that baby this podcast is more important than it Ooh. Didn't refer to as she. I was like it. It. You're not even. You're not even worth the sex now, baby. Go bed. The gender. The gender roles. It will maybe. Yeah. Who. Who fuck gender roles? Like they're so overrated, right? Oh man, yeah. we're, are we still doing this thing about things they talk about a lot in game sites? Yeah. Or oh, we're still. All right, we're still doing it. Sweet. Your baby. <laughs> um, well, we could just one. start calling your baby a cephalopod. Baby. Sure. Terrible cephalopod. I'm okay with that. Or baby, baby. A baby, baby. You're an actual baby. Yeah, I, well... Oh, man, I still have yet to see, like... Well, Okay, how old is your baby now? Like, six months? No, whoa, no. Like, three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Feels like six months, though. It does. Yes, it does. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, you, well, you got on tap this show. We've got new baby daddy, baby, baby, uh, Andrew Hanchu Toast. Boom. Yeah, uh... Fatherhood hasn't fucking bittered him one bit. Not at all. You can't no. tell in my voice at all that I'm upset about the lack of time I have to do a lot of things, including recording this podcast. Yeah, which has been kind of a struggle, and we apologize for that, but we'll hopefully get everything on board. A lot of it also has to do with me uh, as well, because um, there's a lot of changing of uh, change-ups between like my financial income and how I live, and uh, I'm still adjusting that. On top of all that, uh, I was also hit with a string of bed bugs. So I can assure you, it is the quite possibly the worst fucking thing to ever happen to you. Like, mm-hmm. no joke. On a scale of, hmm, would I rather get chlamydia or would I rather get bed bugs? You'd be surprised at my answer. And even more so, you'd be surprised at which one's easier to get rid of. I think the surprise, <laughs> the surprise answer would be he has both. Ta da! Hooray! Trick answer. Uh, 
Well, I fucking honestly wouldn't be surprised a bit. Uh, uh. Granted, considering that, like, I'm, I'm like, I have an asterisk next to my name on Murphy's list when it comes to fucking shit that happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> asterisk. This guy is especially fun to kick while he's down. Yeah, like, like, wow, like, like go after this dude. Yeah, like his pants fucking come down, and when you kick him, he fucking like makes a yes. squeak like a rubber ducky. <laughs> no, nope. the, the from... evolution, the evolution of Murphy's law is G-Bax's law. But from the ashes will rise a a, a very hairy sunglass wearing phoenix. <laughs> well, so. Speaking of Harry, uh, I've actually got a manscaping kit, so that's like what's new going on in my life right now. Sure, sure. Um, no, uh, I actually, so uh, other than a very trimmed beard, uh, I got a haircut. Uh, mm. I have basically manscaped away a lot of the excess hair into basically five o'clock shadow to mm. basically mold and sculpt uh, in, in shapes that uh, are considered groomed and attractive according to, uh, you know, Cosmopolitan. So you uh, you gonna go all Google Maps like uh, like Derek did? No, I ah. that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I like I, I kept like a tuft of chest hair and then basically sculpted and, and escaped around. Yeah, a tuft. So like yeah, um, I'll, I'll get back to you in the results as far as whether or not that uh, you know what you got to prove my you, image at all. You've you've <laughs> got to shave the silhouette of like an NES controller on your chest. That's what you got to do. I, 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 I thought, like, man, what can I do to end up on Reddit or 4chan within fucking <laughs> seconds? And, you know, that that definitely made uh, one of my choices as far as a top five of uh, options to go for. Um, but, yeah, no, I'll keep that in mind. Um, yeah. No, funny enough. Uh, <laughs> uh recently well i mean i'll i'll get to that in a bit actually i think that that would probably uh that'd probably be more appropriate for later on in the show um sarah sarah i i miss you and it's only been like god what like less than a month since we saw each other it's true yeah i don't even know oh, i actually th- physically saw each other yeah mm-hmm. yeah like how the, the airport flush. treat you by the way it fucking kicked my ass oh Man, I, I'm never doing that again. A whole day layover in a stupid airport. Nah. Oh, fuck I can't that do noise. It. Yeah, fuck that noise. Yeah, but uh-uh. you can like you can honestly say that you're Tom Hanks for a day, because like and, and like it, I, I would look at that as a compliment because I don't know why, but that guy somehow has a, makes a career out of acting in movies where he's just lost in something and doesn't know what to do, <laughs> and like he makes it look so fun. I mean. Did you, yeah, did, you, I guess. did you meet anybody? Did you learn of any crazy hip hop hopping in stories? Nah, people left me alone. <laughs> which is all right. You're, because you're, I was you're, a little, you're, you're a little intimidating. Yeah, just a little, yeah, bit. a little bit. Which is cool. But that's all right because there was a Manchu walk there. So I had some decent Chinese food. There you go. That's it, was good. A, it, was a ta- it was a taste of home. Mm. You know, I had a friend of mine who, uh, <laughs> Jesus, and he, he's like made light of this, but he, he mentions that anytime he flies on the West Coast, when he has a layover that's longer than a couple of hours, uh, what he'll do is he will uh, basically hide his uh, and, and like it, he'll uh, <laughs> he'll hide his luggage. He'll put a hat down and he'll bring his guitar with him and just start playing music. And he just makes hell of money that way. And what's funny mm-hmm. is like they actually do have musicians that are sanctioned by the airport to do that. 
So he's mentioned to me that he he's no longer able to do that, and he has to be hired officially by the airport. And I just which thought, airport? It's not LAX, is it? No. Uh, well, he got caught up at the Seattle one, and then he also ah. got caught up at the Oakland one. So, oh, okay, like, yeah, I've only been to LAX. Yeah, because that, like, that, that's a goddamn nightmare. I, you know, honestly, it, I I would take LAX over O'Hare, like. Any day of the week. Is that Chicago? Yeah. I heard Chicago was fucked. Yeah. Chicago yeah, yeah. and uh, JFK, I heard, are pretty rough. Yeah. that Dude, that shit's straight poop from a butt. Uh-huh. It is yeah. <laughs> from a butt. Poopy All reports. Right. Yeah. And then Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's been fucking... I've been Gingon. Gingon. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's that? <laughs> what's Gingon? Gingon? Um, uh, ancient Chinese proverb, but go on. Okay, sure. No, I've I've been uh yeah the house stuff the baby stuff but um I went to you guys went to PAX I went to the Expo which is GameStop's version of PAX basically um, that was in Anaheim California I went there about a month ago roughly so it, it's obviously not as big as PAX you don't get to see as much cool stuff as you do at PAX PAX is like the epicenter of everything gaming GameStop's Expo is basically They'll show you the games that you can go and pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. As, as, as Balzrog would say, you can put five on it, uh, on the games that you see there. Or or $57.53 or something. I don't know. Yeah. That motherfucker. <laughs> that dude's got more odd numbers than fucking rights. I'll well, tell you that. That's how much it costs in Detroit to buy a game because they actually don't charge you as much because they don't have a lot of money in Detroit. Balrog no. stole it all to buy Sprinkles. Just fucking tries to pay. <laughs> it's, he tries to make exact changes like broken glass and fucking. <laughs> oh. Puts his, puts his uh, Zelda card on the on the counter like here you go. <laughs> Solid paid. gold, son. <laughs> paid for. Yo, uh-huh. that motherfucker is actually gonna try to come through. I don't remember what event he said he'd try to come through for, but he's definitely gonna make an appearance. Like he he's basically made it to a point where he's guaranteed at every every show in East. Him and Seth Macy. So the just. I, I don't know if I'm prepared for it because like last time they straight got me fucking spinning off of Taste of Maine and I, I'm I actually I, I really want to try to go PAX East now that the the baby has been uh you know projectiled from the womb I, I kind of want to go to PAX East for sure <laughs> that's how it works man you just gotta just wait and catch it that's what okay happens. so imagery them. imagery that immediately comes to mind your wife Courtney on a stretcher. And then her legs going quarter circle forward with arrows and all, and a fucking yeah. <laughs> yep, throw, and throw a midwife a so, catching the Hadouken that is your throw, fucking throw baby. The Hadouken, yep, a counter, counter the Hadouken. Perry, I, I, I did a spinning bird kick. <laughs> Newborn. Uh. <laughs> ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Uh, if somebody can please make fan art gif of that, uh, I, no, I promise. No, <laughs> My Perfect. baby's gonna know what the internet is one of these days. She'll look it up. Don't do it. I, uh, I, I need to go back and erase all the horrible things I've done in the, on the internet. Oh God, I I've always like one of these days, man. We'll just have to have a Google search challenge between us. But uh, either way, uh, let yeah, if we did a Google search on you, we'd find some things, sir. Yeah, <laughs> we know about a few of them already. Oh, I'm sure. Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sure let's they'll go come ahead. up later, though. Oh, they will. Believe yeah. me. <laughs> um yeah let's go ahead and uh get things moving so we've got on tap for this show we've got uh some news we'll go ahead and 
and cover before uh, we go ahead and tap into a an extended because uh, there's quite a bit to talk about with the long yeah. interval between episodes and extended what's in your console. And finally, instead of a feature topic, we'll just go ahead and finish off with a select feedback because, I mean, not a whole lot to talk about right now and everything that is available to talk about is is depressing. And we've already kind of talked about it in our own sort of ways and we're just going to leave it yeah. at that. Why, why circle jerk all the sadness and meanness? Gamers are <laughs> fighting right too. now. We're just going to let them just do their own thing. Just let them fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh will come out of it stronger. I'd like to some hope so. Or some of us. Yeah. Or sunburned. Yeah. Um, yeah. What sucks is like I got I know I got a wicked sunburn like on my knee, but it still hasn't gone away yet. It's weird. So now I have like this dark knee sunburn. Spot. Well, yeah, what because I because uh, I was wearing my did, George. Did you have, did you have just your knee hanging out a window? Yes, actually. <laughs> okay, you're absolutely correct because I was driving for quite that, some time. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but it's only the knee, not not the shin. That's strange or anything. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the knee my knee is like the least hairy part of my legs, so. I don't know, man. I hope that. Well, now the, the the seasons are changing, so I don't think this manscaping will uh will backfire on me. But right now, I'm straight fucking dude. I'm just Huck Finn now. I'm just straight jorts, flip flops, and nothing else. Just <laughs> just got just got the gut and and everything just hanging out. And I'm all right with that. I've been getting like it's been fun getting my mail that way, doing just doing things that way, and then mm-hmm. and throwing on like a just, just living life that way. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of life and living and. uh basically quite possibly one of the loosest connections we can really make to uh yep. those those two aforementioned things. Right. So there's word around the internet speaking of like all the nasty nasty. Um I guess what we can go ahead and talk about cuz I I fear that there should be some light shed on it and I and like I don't know, I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys uh have to say about it but <laughs> apparently there's this new scam uh, among the gaming community that's kind of shitty and ironically uh, those who are are assailing uh, basically accusations of uh, or questions of integrity towards game journalism are in themselves uh, acting like assholes. Well, we can't really lump the two camps together, but nonetheless, it's just ironic kind of seeing all that happen within the same <laughs> We week. shall see. Yeah, right? Uh, but apparently, like, the, the new hip trend to, like, scam uh, within the game community is basically contacting publishers and uh, letting them know that you're a super sweet, awesome, cool, super cool, popular YouTubing account that uh, YouTube's Let's Plays and talks about video games. And in in that uh, aspect, they're using that as a means to get free video games. Um, that's not good. I don't like that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's it's the same sort of. That's why you know when with us being like, and I consider us legit. To an extent, I mean, depending on the volume of fart jokes, we we tend to spread between like whatever we have to say. We got uh, a business license, don't we? Yeah, we're we're in a fish thing. Well, that's that, that, that should super, be super enough, legit, y'all. Super legit, y'all. Super yeah, but legit. lemonade stands also have business licenses, so 
Well, oh. some do, but you know, only if they got like some sort of corporate logo. Which, well, semantics. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as for I, for one, like you know, this sort of thing, it, it's just it's unnecessary in the scope that, like, first off, I mean, people. <laughs> People want video games to be less expensive. They want video games to be more original, more poignant, less sequels. I mean, we, we essentially want the medium to improve. And honestly, in my, in my humble opinion, everything that's honestly stopping video games from advancing any further is basically the business, capture, uh, the business capitalist venture of, of, of risking it all and, and going and shooting for the gold has become more and more narrow in in terms of success and and the industry as a whole has been bleeding for a while. I mean, studios are uh, slowly getting shut down and I mean, if if you don't make the uh, expected revenue of of like w- what I've come to believe is some ludicrous fucking projections of like profit, I mean, you suffer. So what was it? It was uh it was Dead Space 3, wasn't it? That yeah, they said if they didn't sell like units? yeah that's it's still would, to I doubt they've they've even approached that like yeah even now like years later I'm sure they haven't even sold that many <laughs> no. so I mean with all these factors uh, we basically you know everybody in the, in the community because no matter what like whether you're in the industry outside the industry or you're you're uh, aware of it I mean all at its heart we're the people that keep it going both consumer and droned within no matter you know what the role we may play so stuff like this it's just it's self-destructive towards like what we care about like don't like doing this i mean i can understand too that like games at this point like some of the best marketing all comes from viral exposure and doing that and because of the avenues that are presented like twitch and and youtube which we've gone on uh, to great length at the last episode really do help the success of a game but I mean, you you actually have to do that. I mean, they, these are some people that don't even have YouTube accounts. They're just pulling shit out of their ass, and Man. they're they're getting stuff out of it. And I, there's no need for it. I don't know. Um, okay, so it, it, real real talk then, right? Mm-hmm. In the last year or so, uh, being that I am uh, a YouTube sort of guy, uh, would you say, in your humble opinion? That a hundred thousand views in the course of a year is anywhere halfway decent. Absolutely, I think, dude, thousands or hundreds of views even mm-hmm. is decent in my opinion. Just the fact that there's okay. something out of that. I'm just talking about like. Even- I'm, just, I'm just saying, my, my I was looking at my metrics today because I was sending a uh, something off to a, a potential business contact, and and uh, yeah, it turns out about about a hundred thousand views in the last uh, the last year or so for for the uh, YouTube channel that I do, which isn't bad, I don't think. No, not at all. And, but even then, even aside from that, that's not exactly where I'm like directing a lot of my criticism. Right, towards. right. You know, it's just it sort of came to mind when we're talking about this here today. So I'm like, hmm, you know, and I just noticed it earlier and I'm like, huh, 100,000 views in the last year. That's that's all right, isn't it? Oh, yeah, isn't that's, it? That's, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, even then, I, I just I, I feel like just the fact that like, there, I mean, I, I, the thing that like is astonishing is the fact that we already know to some degree there's a modicum of like, 
I would say fraudulent like requests and claims for like press accessible games and preview or builds or what have you. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, that already goes on. But to the point where it's now become a, an issue that's been, you know, nationally acknowledged on various media sites to the point where like publishers are and, and like even then publishers have already made made it to where there are tons of hoops and loops to like fucking go around and jump through just just to even get to that point i mean like i don't i just i just wonder like which which publishers or which developers are like the most susceptible to this you know of of people claiming to you know be the press and then reviewing these games i mean i can't imagine it's triple a publishers i doubt activision's getting you know getting the 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 work around to get you it, know have it, people it, take games for free i doubt it it's weird honestly because like to me for example like like they're cert like i can see like when you ask that like in in my experience i can see like publishers that are easy to to possibly you know go under would be like maybe sega for example and then ones that you would think might be easier under the radar like atlas i mean You've you've got to file like a second mortgage just to like sometimes mm-hmm. request for certain press ex- uh, like it, it probably also depends on like what they have available like there's going to be AAA you know publishers that can just distribute codes no big deal but you know I mean there is a cost to it maybe not much but the people that you know maybe don't have the funds to really be promoting their games and giving out free copies you know they're the probably the ones that are a little bit more tight about what they give out or what's distributed stuff like that but I, in this whole thing i honestly feel like you kind of have to blame the publishers i mean I, I understand that people are exploiting something and that's unfair and it's unfortunate but it's the internet people are going to exploit and download things they're not supposed to you know that's, that's just that, that happens they have access to it you know morality kind of gets thrown out the window some people will do the right thing and go that's through the right the... avenues and go through the right channels but then there's others that won't but it has to be on the publisher's responsibility to make sure that's not a possibility I mean, have certain restrictions. Like, I know specifically for us, not to, you know, go behind the curtain too much, but, you know, there's specifics we have to, you know, give out to potential publishers and developers when it comes to review game copies. You know, we have to give certain analytical data on our website and what we get for hits. And, and we don't like that. mind that. There's, but, there's but no are, I mean, are, are, they, are they not fact-checking this? Like, are they not looking into, like, I could go on to, you know, a publisher's, you know, media contact email and say, hey, I want to review this game. Here's the stats of my website. And I could just make up some ridiculous number. If they're not looking into that and double-checking this stuff and just assuming I'm telling you the truth, then that that's on them. I mean, they have to protect their, you know, their property. It's the same with us. Anything that we publish or anything, like, I'm constantly looking at my reviews online and seeing if there's any kind of plagiarism being involved. I mean, I know it's not a big deal. My review's one of probably thousands but, you know, you have to protect your own investment. You you put work into something. Sayer, I'm sure you can speak to this with your music. I mean, you have to be looking oh, yeah. in the p- possibility of someone taking your work without your without either your knowledge I mean, or doing it under false pretenses. And, you know, I found stuff, but, like, what can you do, really? It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that, you know, if they don't, whichever publisher came forward on this and started reporting it to the, to the media about people, like, you know, being... Uh, you know, lying about them being a media outlet and getting review copies, they're, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, it's pointless to blame the people that are doing it. You know, it really is. It, it's, it's the internet. It's going to happen. Well, even then, like, I, I understand. It's just, it, it's like, basically, 
like my whole concern towards that whole thing is where you expect a certain degree of that because of that. Um, it, it's just that uh, it, it's the fact that now that it's being acknowledged as an issue, um, now it, it, it like that's just funny to me that like it's come to light. Like it's one of those things that you know you you almost sort of know like an un, unspoken or like unmentionable like acknowledgement of like the reality in this sort of situation and now it's the point where it's being put out there it's kind of like when you see a sign at a public pool that says you know if you if you're experiencing symptoms of diarrhea please stay out of the pool i mean common sense has now just been like fucking completely thrown out of the equation and like do you you think it's just because they know that youtube and and video content is such a important part of getting you know exposure out for video games that they just don't even care if it's you know true or not they just want to get the exposure i like, think they so. well the, not only that because like, risk yeah because like now nearly every you know aside from the wii u it's so easy just to put content up online mm-hmm. so like i i can only assume maybe publishers are just looking at it from that perspective and looking and, at it and i feel like that's just going to be a phase you know eventually that will die down I mean, that's the way it's been with, you know, journalism or, you know, game criticism. You know, it went from print to online, went from online to video. Video will give way to something else at some point. You know, I mean, I think it's just eventually the, you know, eventually that bubble will burst. You know, I mean, there's so many YouTubers and, you know, then there's good ones, i.e. the person on the show right now. And then there's not so good ones. And. The rest eventually, of uh, yeah, yeah, and then there's streamers. Have a name. Like, like I'm streaming, and I, I guarantee you, people don't give two shits about what I stream, but I do it because I don't know. It's just ingrained into the culture now. You just assume that you have easy access to stream content. You're just gonna do it. Uh, I, this is probably going on a tangent that doesn't even relate to the current conversation we're having, but I just feel like that eventually will, will, will cease or at least die down. So. I don't know. Well, the publishers that have come forward, for example, uh, has basically been uh, Wasteland Interactive. Uh, essentially, the they they were talking about like their experiences in regards to like Worlds of Magic, which is even then it's early access, and the fact that he went by and checked and realized and like you know I, we've gotten like I didn't mean to put them on blast, but considering that you know they're one of the few that came to mention, I mean they they outsource their PR and we've received like chains about that. It's not something that we've seen pertinent for coverage as far as what press pause radio and people who like listen or read or follow or watch what we do may be concerned with exactly, especially with like everything else that's been lately, like just flooding the senses video game wise. But yeah, it's, it's something that I feel like, you know, I can't, I get Andrew's right. You can't really fault, people to a certain degree because at some point when it comes to stuff like this you really the left hand should really know what the right hand is doing to a certain extent and i mean even like like nobody is safe right now like microsoft microsoft's hurting and like nintendo has gone through a long stage of hurting and they're now finally seeing like a a change in the trend of of possibly you know like this is going to be a potentially great holiday for nintendo uh Mm -hmm. microsoft's barely pushing units of xbox one's Outside of the U.S., like basically even in Europe, where they also like that would be like their second biggest uh, focus in terms of a marketplace. Like it's doing not so well. I mean, it's doing terrible everywhere else like Korea, Japan. I mean, 
it it's it's one of those it's a little disappointing sure but the xbox 360 also didn't have a particularly great start and it ended up being a pretty decent system for uh for at least a couple of niche dem- de- demographics. Yeah, but I think the trade-off on that is it was a great start in America. It it's still yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it it I don't know. Either way, I mean, it, it's not exactly like fucking concrete for you know uh, a guaranteed doom and gloom as as far as you know holiday numbers are concerned. But it, it's distressing. And then you know, Sony's oh, they're just chilling for for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see, like, PlayStation TV is going to be fucking dropping next week, I think. Oh, yeah, it's uh, Tuesday, I think. Uh, no, it's the 10th. Or Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but there's some other stuff dropping Tuesday um, and, and re- uh, subsequent reviews to follow as well. Um, but, yeah, other than that, speaking of games and playing them and all that nonsense, let's, let's fucking get into it. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said hooray, Andrew. You Thank say you. hooray because that you volunteered, and we haven't heard. Aw, man, I hate being vocal. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Says I mean, the I guy who hosts a podcast. Oh man, <laughs> host in parentheses. Come on, let's be honest, dude. Whatever. You're the real star. You're the breakout right here, man. You are. Right. No, dude. You're the Norman Reedus to this fucking goddamn little outfit here. This you're, you're circus. To the wrong show, sir. Um, let's see, what did I play? I mean, I, there's been a lot I've been playing in terms of, I reviewed, uh, Infamous First Light, that's on the site, uh, it took me a while to get that up because of, you know, the baby, but, um, I enjoyed that, I enjoyed that almost as much as I enjoy Infamous Second Son, which George has reviewed that and has really gone on to about how good that game is, but I really liked First Light, I, I really enjoyed it, and I think that's way, the way DLC should be done, it almost feels like it's its own standalone game. Yeah, which even then, like, I, I think it's arguably a bit better than Second Son, only because I just, Fetch's I pers- story I is so much more intriguing. Yeah, and I personally liked it because you're not weighed down by the morality choices. Like, you just shoot stuff with Neon. You don't have to worry about the good skill tree or the bad skill tree, you know, and factoring that into it's just... Go shoot these guys. They're all bad. Which is Fuck weird it. because it's like one of the first, like, I think the only other time that they didn't really do that was like the other extension, which was like uh, Festival of Blood. Yes, which and was not nearly as good as what First Light is. No. And and even yeah. then, like, it, it's weird just because like they take out a huge like component like that and it didn't really, if any, I don't, I don't say the game was better for it, but the game was still incredible. And like, it's mm-hmm. still like, I, I think just the writing and direction still made it really enjoyable. It's, to, it's like, streamlined. It. I, I think I think they just turned a little bit of the fat, and it kind of streamlined the experience. Honestly, plus that's um, the sweetest power. I mean, who who the fuck wasn't yeah. Neon when we played Second Son? Uh, yeah, when you play a good playthrough, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Neon's the way to go. Neon's way. Yeah, fuck concrete. Nope. Fuck smoke. 
What is that shit? Mm-hmm. Video power? That was the most get, worthless get, one. Get out of here. Get that video shit out of here. Get that fucking out of yeah, here. I don't want that shit. Get out of there, dude. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerd. Um, but yeah, I reviewed that. That was, that was my for realsies game I played. Um, I played a bunch at said expo that I spoke about a little earlier. Um, you know, just some highlights from playing games there. The stuff that's coming out still, still hasn't been released yet. Uh, I played some Sunset Overdrive and really enjoyed that. To me, it definitely kind of captures the the get the highest score combo driven action that, you know, something like I, I, I instantly compared it to Bulletstorm, which is a really weird comparison when you see the game in action. But I just liked how in Bulletstorm you you purposely went out of your way to do the most ridiculous kills and combos that you could you use the environment, you use different weapons and secondary shots to, you know, maximize your score and see how high you can get your score. And I feel like Sunset Overdrive is going to have a lot of that flair. You know, it's not about just going through the world and killing the overcharge. Like it, you kind of do it with style. You have to do it with combos and, and utilize your weapons and, and the environment to get the most out of the kills. And that's fun. Like it's very much like a freestyle experience. Like you go in, they give you a set objective, but you got that world. That's your playground. You just run around, jump around and, you know, kind of, you know, figure out how you want to best approach situations. It's just fun. Like it's I can't really say much more than that. It's just it's a lot of fun to play. Uh, I think it's super ambitious of Insomniac to come out with a game like that, especially a new IP where they just kind of say, fuck it, let's have fun. I don't really care if it's like any other game. I don't care if it's even that good. Like, it's just they're they're taking a huge risk by putting out a game like that where they just want to say fun is in the forefront. You know, you enjoy the game at your pace or how you enjoy playing. And I don't know. I have to respect that. Well, even then, a testament to, like, when you mentioned Bulletstorm earlier, like, I enjoy Bulletstorm, and I really do enjoy, like, all the, the the nonsense that you and, can and, really get and, into. And there's a period at the end of that, right? Because you're not going to say anything bad about it. You're going to say, no, I like no, this no. a lot, period. It's, I, motherfucker, hold on. Give me, give me, <laughs> give me my, give me my due. I don't have a problem with Bulletstorm at all. I will say in, in contrast to like the comparison that you made uh-huh. in Bulletstorm, I, I kind of felt like there were moments where, you know, I was either overwhelmed or there was so much going on with like my options that I don't know. There, there, there was a sense to where like I, I almost got flooded or or didn't have a, a real tune. Like the the, the sense of intuitivity uh, with the environment and just and what you have at your disposal, mm-hmm. it, it 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 was at times it was the most like player friendly. But in like Sunset Overdrive, like that whole world and everything you do around it is like it's just so organic. Like I I honestly like the wacky fast pace that I played at. It it barely stopped. Like I don't think no, like it, yeah. it. Sunset Overdrive is like one of those games where you're constantly moving, and it it feels natural to constantly moving. And <laughs> it, it, it took it took me a while to figure out that when you're grinding, you hit left trigger to slow things down, so you have a better chance of, like aiming your shots and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, before that, I was like, holy shit, like I'm going way too fast. I can't catch anything. And then I realized you hold down left trigger and it slows things down, so you can like shoot and aim. I was like, oh. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Like, yeah, that's so much better. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I have that. Like when, you, when you have this sense of a, 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 like resonance with the, like the stage and like the abilities and what you can do. Like, I, when I saw stuff that I can do at Bulletstorm, there was still like this, I don't know, this slight disconnect of trying to get it to work, uh, and kind of fumbling with it a bit. Mm. Even though, like you know, Sunset Overdrive is far from finished. I mean, it, it's really polished to where like. Everything that I was told I can do or even the experimentations of what I can do, like just the fact that like the physics alone allow me to like basically launch somebody else that I kicked 
out from the air and then flip off of land on a grind rail and then shoot somebody else and then somehow get it to the point where both of those enemies like collide with one another like that that's the kind of nonsense you can come come and expect and even then like everything is just so visually fucking engrossing in terms of the colors like the splat it, 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 it it's so weird it's like if tang and fucking hawaiian punch and steroids were all thrown into a mix on my screen <laughs> everything is just so goddamn bright and fast and just funny i don't know I, I i really like just the entire feel of of what they're going for with like sunset overdrive just a stupid yep. dumb game that yep. they're, they're just, having just fun, fun. With. fun is always in the forefront which is something i appreciate um so i played that and really enjoyed that had a good time with it um the other one i played to a extreme extent um it was a game that i would play go out do something else come right back uh, constantly coming back and playing it, just huge, you know, fucking grin on my face from ear to ear. Uh, Mortal Kombat X. I'm super, super excited about that game. Obviously, I'm an MK fan, but like Mortal Kombat X, just it, it, it does everything right. Um, it incorporates obviously, you know, from past series the the UI, the really clean looking UI from Injustice, the environmental attacks from Injustice, the X ray attacks from Mortal Kombat Nine. The ridiculous fatalities. Um, it's just everything about that game just is what I want in a game. Like they could really don't they could really do no wrong, uh, they, in they, my opinion. Quan Chi was just recently teased, just too. revealed, and his trailer was awesome. I love his different abilities, especially his uh, his teleportation. I, yeah, it's it, like there's like summoner, which like sends out like a, like a like a hell bat. Uh, I think there's Warlock, and then, yeah, whichever Sorcerer. one is the portal. Sorcerer. Yeah, and the portals, oh my god, like, fucking brutal. It's just like rain, just puts you in a fucking, pops you up in the air and doesn't stop, like, just punishes you, you know, like, over and over. Yeah, I, if anything, when you mention Justice, that's the one thing I'm seeing a lot with this latest Mortal Kombat game, uh-huh. is that they're, instead of, like, catering to variations of a certain style or you know throw in a few few gimmicks here and there this mm-hmm. is like the first game that i've seen where every fighter is just like wildly different from one another and even mm-hmm. then like they all have their own like little combo choices that you can go off of yep. but i really like you know as far as what i'm gathering and they haven't really gone on record to say this but i know i'm not the only one that's kind of seen this it's it's really interesting that like you know most fighters have this like I, I wouldn't even say one dimensional, but I will say very limited scale over like matchups between fighters because they have one one like set style of, of combat and, and martial arts as to where, you know, MK uh, X, I mean, you know, it, it it can be anyone's game like on a whole different level. Like I know for like just just using as a contrast to like, you know, Zangief versus like, say, Ryu or Ken, I mean, uh-huh. depending on the skill Ryu is already at a disadvantage alone just from the fact that he all of his moves have absolutely little to no counterbalance towards projectile or, you know, projectile or fast attacks. And I mean, if you, you like take those matchups, I mean, those are two set styles. Each fighter has like three different styles to the point where like like when I saw Summer, I, I just immediately am like, damn, that like that that style is like a strong counter towards like air game, like anybody that's in the air. And yeah. like it's just weird to me that like this is probably gonna be like one of the most like tournament focused Mortal Kombat's like which, out there. Which I think it should because MK nine had a decent tournament presence. It's been at Evo a few times. Uh, a lot of different tournaments, you know, kind of popped up when that came out. 
And I think I think it should. I think it should have a huge presence because I feel like Injustice and other games they've done, they've been around, but n- never near to the extent of like a Street Fighter or any Capcom fighter. You know, and I feel like this could be a tournament friendly game because of the fact that there's so many different styles at play that you're going to see a lot of different mix ups. You know, it's, it's going to be cool to see how people can counter or, or play up against people's strengths and weaknesses. Um, and they've also talked about like, you know, potential console exclusive characters, which is exciting. And a lot of people have kind of rumored at what that could possibly be. Uh, but yeah, it's it's super fun to play. Uh, I know personally I'll buy the ever-loving shit out of that game when it comes out. Like, you give me the Super <laughs> Deluxe, it comes in a fucking arcade cabinet version, I'll buy it. Like, I, I cannot wait. Definitely my most anticipated title that's coming out in the next year. Uh, I'm super pumped. But um, those are the two, like, standout ones. I mean, obviously there's other games coming out that people are going to enjoy, but I feel like those two in particular, like, that's, that's stuff I'm super excited about. So I, I cannot wait. So I was glad, I was really happy to play them. Hopefully we attend PAX East. I'll be playing much more. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Well, what's it yeah. sl- it's, I think it's slated to come out before PAX East, though. Nope. April 14th is the official release day. Jeez. Wait, when's PAX East? Usually March. March. March sometime, yeah. Yeah, usually March. Hmm. It's, it's, it's between March and April. I don't know. I just know that like PAX South and GDC are open for registration as of this week that yep. I still have to like look into and... Uh, we'll 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 go ahead and make heads or tails of that, but yeah. yeah and, um, and, just, and just saying now, if I do attend PAX East, open invitation. Anyone who wants to throw down Mortal Kombat, got bring your A game because I'll be. It, it just, I'll be I'll be the best. I mean, George can tell you I'm awesome at fighting games, especially when it's at conventions. Like you throw down with fighting games, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you. Unless your name is George. Unless you're really good, at Saber Wolf and Killer Instinct. But that was <laughs> that was a fluke. That was a fluke. <laughs> I'm I'm so good at that game, George. You have no idea. Oh, dude, um, yeah, we actually, dude, we've okay, now okay. we both owned it. We still haven't really. We'll have to throw do, it down this weekend. I bought season one and season two content. So yeah, you, it, is it just weird that we're like this year alone? We're living, like, look at video games right now. Uh-huh. Like Rare and and Nether Realm are releasing like fighting games that are leaps and bounds far more captivating than anything Capcom's recently done. It's just that's really strange to me. Like uh-huh. Street Fighter Cross Tekken was pretty cool, but like it wasn't exactly like a barn burner. Yeah. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom three was like whatever, and then Ultra Street Fighter four. Which fuck, I'm so sick of Street Fighter four. Like mm-hmm. Street Fighter four, <laughs> Street Fighter four is older than this podcast. Why? Yeah. Why yeah. and how? <laughs> so like I don't know and. It's funny to me because like Tekken Cross Street Fighter is like the fucking Duke Nukem Forever of fighting games at this point. <laughs> yeah, that shit ain't ever gonna happen, y'all. Yeah, they're, they're already making Tekken Seven, man. Just just move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and then, like I don't know. It's just it's just strange to me that like these like again Western developments kind of coming out and they're coming out strong with these yeah, fighting games, dude. Fucking, yep, taking it. What's crazy to me is how many game how many fighting games we played at PAX. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there was quite a bit. Yeah. So like we did, we hit the uh, the console free play pretty hard. And... Yeah, it's exciting stuff, man. People like you know uh, the community of gamers and the indie scene brought back survival horror, and I think fighting games are coming back like that just as strong. Like we're bringing these genres back that people have forgotten about, and that's good. Uh, funny enough, too. Um, you know, this wasn't exactly too newsworthy, but like I know you'll get a kick out of it, Sarah. There's a r- rumor right now 
that Square Enix might be doing a uh, you know a smaller digital download only sequel to Bushido Blade. What? <laughs> oh man, I'd be fucking all over that. Yeah, me too. I just I don't I don't know exactly like I think it's one of those games that might not find the right audience today. You're probably right. It's also going to be thirty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> fucking <laughs> who knows? Yeah, thirty bucks and on iPad only. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but I, what, dude, what else, man? Have you have you been have you been destining within the Destiny? I, I did I, I did a little bit of Destiny, but not as much as I had anticipated. I played shit ton of the beta, and since the game's come out, I <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I think we burned I, I ourselves out bit. on the alpha well, and the beta. Like, I, I played a little bit. Like I got a decent start on it, and then I found out about the loot cave, like everyone else did. And I jumped from level seven to nineteen just by shooting at just stationary enemies coming out of a cave. So I didn't really do the game right. Like I didn't really play the game. I just shot stuff for like twelve levels. So I'm level nineteen right now, but I'm still in the moon in terms of the story stuff. So I'm, I'm not even close. I haven't done wizards any of the raids. The like, yeah, not wizards from the moon. No wizards from. The um, moon. but yeah, I, I I haven't played a lot of it. And it's kind of a shame. Like I, the thing about that game though is like I know it's not going anywhere. It's like an MMO. You know, I know that I can just stop playing for a while. I can come back and nothing's changed. Like, st- stuff's still there. There's still people playing. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the way I compare that game to That game is more game m- MMO. Like, that, that game, honestly, oh, shit, it's yeah. insane to me. It is more it's an MMO. MMO-ass MMO. MMO, like... <laughs> as we usually say. Yeah, I, I, I can, like, already, and I, I'd like, it's been, what, like, maybe a month, if not a little less, and there's already a incredibly unstable and like genuinely exploitable economy and loot system then and farming and grinding done to an extent where like I wouldn't be surprised if there was already some sort of underground trade market that like Bungie uh-huh. might not be looking at yet. Yeah, somehow, but they have addressed some of the issues with drops and stuff like that. So I think they they are trying to listen to the community and try to address situations as they come up. So that's, you know, good on them. I mean, I know they're they're in it for the long haul. You know, the reviews weren't maybe all that positive, but I think they're they're definitely in it to make sure the game is what people would expect. So. Well, it's it's just it's funny though because like I don't know if people can really find a balance because like a lot of people cited like what they wanted out of Destiny and even Bungie what they they what they wanted to do wasn't Borderlands. They wanted to do something that felt like was a genuine like evolution, something that took an investment and development. And then, like, people were all about that. And then the end result ended up, like, with people just bitching about tedium and the fact, like, oh, this takes too long or there's mm-hmm. too much going on. So, like, it, it it's funny. Like, it's definitely a classic case if you can't satisfy everyone. But, like, you know, as, as much as the game has a, a sense of being tedious, it definitely, like I said, it has that that MMO draw to that hook yep. where, like, I want to come back. Because, like, all of yeah, it, people I mean, are still playing it. Yeah, it's still fun to play and shoot and do things. I just I don't know like I'm I'm really curious to see how much the shelf life is really going to pan out especially near the holidays because like the first huge like uh like the big expansion that just came out like the the DLC for the raid, like it was already like smashed on like within the first 11 hours by like a majority of the like the player base. Yeah, but they have a huge expansion coming out in December that adds like new areas, new Gear, potentially new subclasses. New moons. I mean, new moons. New wizards. 
new wizards man yeah but yeah uh, I'm, I'm i mean i'm interested in it for sure it won't be leaving my side anytime soon it's just i know i can take a break from it play some of the other stuff because fuck man we got a lot of shit coming out soon like yeah we're gonna have to take we're gonna have to take a step back and play some other stuff or else you'll have a backlog that's just pretty much insanity come oh dude it's already starting there's no yeah. going back yep. it's starting it's the truth it's the truth but yeah that's pretty much it for me um i'm sure next time we record there's gonna be other stuff i mean there's just a lot of games that have come out or and are coming out, so stuff to look forward to for sure. All right, Sarah, mm-hmm. come at me, Bean Daddy. What what have you been playing? Okay, so remember when we were at PAX East 2013 and they were giving out those MOGA controllers? Remember that? If well, you had like an uh, Android device, and they were like yeah. free and stuff, right? Well, ter- <laughs> he was like out. making sure they're, they're free. I didn't take any. I promise. Yeah. I no, no, no. I, I did actually get one. Uh, thing is, is like okay. Uh, I was on the Android Play Store, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder how King of Fighters 98 is on the Android. So I I downloaded it and noticed that it actually had MOGA support. So I dug through a bunch of crap, found the controller, stuck some batteries in, and turns out it uh, it still works on on newer uh, newer devices, which is pretty sweet. So uh, I've been playing some King of Fighters 98 on my phone with a controller. Dude, I, I have that, but is that the one that like that you um you like clip it to your phone? Well, you don't have to clip it to your phone. Oh, like, okay, you gotcha, had, like, gotcha. A, if you just like put it on your lap or on a desk or something like that, you could just kind of play it and mm. you know go nuts, right? Because it's Bluetooth, right? But uh, but yeah, it's just big enough for the G Flex to fit too. So so and you know what's funny too is um I recently got like I picked up a controller I want to say from either E3 or, or GDC and like. I, I'm totally about those controllers too when they have compatibility, but I'm, I'm showing like less and less uh, of those um, controllers like have true and like I, it might be different because me, you're on Android, man. I'm on iOS and like right. it, a lot of it's not as open source, but still. Like, oh yeah, I'm, that's true. That's the truth. Yeah, but like even then, like I, so far, I don't it's, like I've noticed that a lot of my iOS gaming has honestly shifted over to my iPad. It's like mm-hmm. it, it's truly like it's it's not just like a transition that superficially is like, oh, it's a bigger screen. It really changes up a lot of things it's like as far as the real estate of what you're able to see and the room that you have for your thumbs to play and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I still play on my phone, but now if there's like if there's something that I, I want to get invested into. Right. It, it's definitely it, it it shifts over to my iPad. Well, yeah, so, I mean your 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 phone screen is so tiny. Dude, I because it can fit in my pocket, motherfucker, because so it's a phone. Well, it fits in my pocket too. I've got to, it might have a 6.6 inch screen, but it feels like it's not there. Uh, looking at your thing like <laughs> it, it just looking uh, at my thing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Andrew always <laughs> always uh, Serenity, man. Grant me serenity. Sarah, so, I mean, other than that, I mean, have you checked out any other, like, Android games with that controller? I I have. I booted up every single game I have on my stupid phone. (laughs) And uh, a couple of surprises, actually. Um, Let me just kind of bring up my list. See what's up. Okay, so. uh, Air Attack HD works. Metal Slug X does not. Ah, yeah, I know, right? Uh, Raiden Legacy does. Uh, Strikers nineteen forty five two does not. Mm. Uh, R Type one and two does. 
But Jetpack Joyride does not. But hey, not much to, to go on there. I mean, Denmark, yeah, but some of the limited, games that you just listed there. that don't have such simple, like, control schemes to begin with. They're mostly, like, you know, yeah, mul- but... they're, they're, not, they're hardly even multi-touch controls, you know. Right. Well, that's so. what I mean, right? Like, uh, but one thing that I was kind of disappointed with was Blazing Star. It didn't have MOGA support, which or controller support at all, really. And uh, for that type of game, like the horizontal shooting games, they're kind of harder to do on a touchscreen because, like, first off, I I'm not actually like them more on a touchscreen. Like the Cave releases on iOS, I think no, 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 no. I played those. The, we're, we're talking horizontal though, and uh, like the vertical shooting games, that's cool. I can do those all day long, but horizontal, not so much because they usually require some sort of additional input, like some sort of a charge attack or uh, or otherwise like a bomb, and that's preoccupied with my right hand, and I got to control it with my left, and I'm not so great with that. So, uh, like, controller input would have really, really helped with Blazing Star in specific. Don't mind me. I'm just popping my knuckles. We kept talking about touching stuff and... Cracking your knucks? Yeah. Cracking the knucks. Yeah, Mm. getting it all in there, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure there are others by SNK in specific that have the the touch input. It's kind of a wasted effort that... uh, that metal slug doesn't though. That would have really been a Yeah, that seems like it'd be a perfect fit. <laughs> yeah, it would have been great, actually. But uh I think a lot so of those much. mobile releases though are, are mostly just afterthoughts and cash grabs and like, you know, mm. external support like that isn't really consideration because it's more I think it's just more work for them than it is profit. True, but let's be real, sounds. man. King of Fighters ninety eight, dude, that's my jam. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, I appreciate the controller support for that for sure. Dude, I it it just it's so weird to me because like uh, I don't like the only other portable entry that I can think of for King of Fighters like I don't even think there's one like PSP. Um, I'm trying to think of like I think the last portable King of Fighters game was like on the fucking Neo Geo Pocket. I don't King think there's Fighters, one on, like King of Fighters R2. Is that on uh, PSP? No, no, no. That's that's Neo Geo Pocket Color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Though, oh, you know what? Though, it could there could be one on PSP. The Oro- the Orochi Saga, I think, was on there. Oh, uh, well, because yeah. uh, SNK Playmore did a number of different games. Uh, I think there might be one in the SNK Arcade Collection Volume One as well. Isn't that just on the Wii though? That's uh, also no, on no. PSP. That's that's on PSP. Thing about Ooh, that though is nice. that the PS the PSP version has some really nasty load times. Well, I mean. It's a Neo Geo. They mm. they never really cry like concept the grasp of anything that goes out well, outside of a, like a fucking like uh, cartridge. A cartridge, yeah. But yeah. that's the thing, though. I mean, like the the Neo Geo didn't actually have a memory cache, so everything had to be built into the cartridges. Oh, so, that... yeah. That's that's why like the CD takes so long to load is because it's taking like like some of the cartridges were enormous. We're talking like six hundred to a thousand megs when you you know at the same time. Uh, you had Super Nintendo cartridges at most that had like a 32 meg cartridge. They were also physically big. You can eat food off of them like a plate. Well, yeah, that's just it. I mean, or you could use them as uh, an anchor for seaworthy devices or seaworthy devices. Seaworthy vessels is what I try to say. But, uh, but yeah, that's another podcast, though, I'm sure. <laughs> hmm. Uh, <laughs> It would so, just be okay. the Etsy podcast. What what can you do with <laughs> yeah. your games that aren't playing them? Yeah, okay. Well, I could uh, I could set off to... Uh, I'll throw them into the sea when I'm done with them. Jesus. Yep. What else have you been <laughs> playing, dude? Uh, it, it turns out that... Uh, okay, so this is game on uh, X-Blig and PC called Twin Tagashark. <laughs> X-Blig? And, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Xbox uh, Live Indie Games, dude. Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I anyway. swear to God, this is that's just Squeenix all over again. Uh-huh. It's Squeenix. Yeah. <laughs> it's pronounced Squeenix. It's pronounced X-Plague. It's been acknowledged publicly within press conferences nationwide mm-hmm. by Microsoft. Nationwide, no, it's true. It's called Push your X-Plague. glasses into your head. As deep and so as hard. far as you can. As deep as possible. Break your nose. Get into the groove. May uh-huh. the bridge of your nose like <laughs> slowly disintegrate into fucking powdered mashed potato at the shittiest box you can find at the local discount market. Axe Blake. Anyway, X Blake. Okay, go, yeah. Go so ahead. anyway, yeah. We're adopting it. It's it's yeah. It's a top down shooter, a lot like the older uh, Toa Plan or or Saibu games that you know, like uh, Raiden or like a Truxton or whatever. Right? Pretty simple in that you know you've got this rudimentary power up system and your your typical bomb and really really basic scoring. But you know it's fun and it's only like a buck. But if you've got an Android device, it's actually free. So you can play it for nothing, and uh, there's right even now. like there's online uh, online leaderboard support. So I discovered it kind of by accident today, and so I played it, and first try, no shit, thirty third in the world across all platforms, which includes uh, Xbox Live Indie, PC, Ouya, and Android. But I'm number one <laughs> in the yeah. world for Android. Booyah! Somebody played on Ouya. Right? Good for, I was, Good for them. I was surprised too. You guys can take both of your index <laughs> fingers. Oh man, I love it. Right, I just wait for the response. I just wait for it. Two thumbs way in, right? Uh huh. Hey, you know what? I got Sarah to play in Ouya at PAX Prime, and he he he's 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 fucking like toughing out his feathers a little a little bit more than like he honestly. I he from what you told me, you enjoyed it. It was all right, but I don't think I'd spend a hundred bucks on it. See, this is mm-hmm. why I don't take you home to mom and dad, you motherfucker. Yep. You, you, t- <laughs> you tell them one thing, you sweet talk them all you want, and then yeah. when, I, when push my comes to shove, he's like, "No, nah, I'm good." My, my phone is still more powerful. That's the problem. What was it called, sir? Tiger. Twin Tiger. Oh, Twin Tiger. Tiger. <laughs> I, I I got confused quick. Try again, kid. <laughs> yeah. Try again, kid. Ah, ah, ah. Oh man. Um. So, what was I gonna say too? Like, fucking, I, you know what? Capcom remake that Street Fighter, just just Street right, Fighter. Yeah. yeah, I want you to do that, man. With I, good control. Uh, I don't know. Kind of, kind of. It's like, so so hard to get a Hadouken off. Really, I know that's what makes it great. Oh man, I don't know. It's, did it's, I do? It? I did it. Kind of thing. Like just that whole like, know. like that. It's it's that bop it philosophy. Like twist it, flick it, rub it. Pray to it. Do something. Fuck, like fuck it. <laughs> Cram it. Something. Yeah. Whoa. Just molest it. Whoa. Nope. Hey. No. Nope. Stop. Right there. All right. <laughs> Crossing the line. But anyway. Um. Okay. So uh, other than like, and uh, so is there any microtransactions in that game? I, I like. There I is not. In fact, it is the full game. I made it to stage. How well, did like, Microsoft... second loop five. Speaking of like them not paying people not paying attention to what the fucking what the left hand does the right hand, I don't understand how like Microsoft was actually cool with that. Like I know it's in the indie section, but still like. Oh no 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 no! The the Android version isn't. Yeah, the 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 Xbox version is a dollar. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. One hundred pennies, and it is yours. 
Yeah, one one dollar in space bucks. In, in hours, uh, one hour. I've, I've already bought it twice, so I don't really feel so bad downloading it for free on Android, which you know it's free anyways because mm-hmm. there's there's one single tiny ad after you've played your game on the bottom of the screen when you're ranking in, and that's it. So it's not invasive at all. Nice. Any, yeah, so. Anything else that's been in your console that's been inhabiting your thumbs, sir? Well, yeah. Um, it's, what was it? Psycho released a couple of classics on Android as well. And again, they are free to play, but it's done right. Uh, you can you can sort of pay your way into like new planes and stuff for uh, for a, a cost if you want to get in there like fast, right? But if you've got enough time, skill, and or patience, you can actually earn the uh, the rubies that are required to buy new new planes in this game as well. So like you can get through it and you don't have to have, have uh, actually paid for the, the game itself, which is nice. Um, and so, yeah, free to play done right. That's for Ni- Strikers 1945-2, which we reviewed in Bullet Heaven episode some 70-something. I forget. It's been a while ago. Season 4 sometime. Mm-hmm. And uh, this other side scroller called Ten Guy, which uh, was re- was released to arcades, I think, back in the late '90s, is when that saw release. But uh, but yeah, they're they're pretty good examples of of the free to play model done right, and they're actually really really fun. So you know, for uh, at the cost of le- uh, uh, that's less than uh, breathable air, you can actually get these games on your phone, and it's pretty pretty cool to do. Um, actual console gaming gaming. Uh, Playing a lot of Dreamcast fighting games because, you know, Dreamcast and fighting games equals win. Uh, so, you know, stuff like Goro and Techromancer and uh, what was that other one we did? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Street. F- uh, no, no. Uh, Capcom versus SNK. The first one for the, gonna, uh, the Dreamcast. You're going to pick up Pierce Solar on the Dreamcast? Because I don't know. I, if think, it's... I think I'm going to. I think yeah. I'd like to. I don't yeah. know if it's out on Dreamcast, Dreamcast yet, but it, I know it hit like Ouya, Xbox One, and some other consoles this week. I want to say, or it's getting oh, really? it's nice. gearing up for it. Yeah, yeah I, I know that they were saying that it was going to be soon, so I'm probably going to look into that and, uh, and see what's up. But I've also been kind of thinking of getting a Neo Geo CD. So I'll see what kind of money I got next uh, next pay and figure it out from there. Ah, uh, man, just that those loading times, dude. Like... I've done. Yeah, it's, I, I've, it's, I've, it's, ex, it's extreme, sure. But if I can play Pulsar for 100 bucks instead of 1500 bucks, I'll take it. It's all right. Yeah, you just you'd be surprised at like how many things you could possibly do that are quicker. Like I could make I could make a Tumblr blog that's just titled things you can do quicker than a Neo Geo CD loading time. <laughs> and I'm and I, I shit you not like you you'd find quite a number of them. And even then. I mean, certain things like building Ikea furniture or whatnot, like Neo Geo City has got an edge against, but like driving down the street, uh, fucking (laughs) walking, walking the dog, stuff like that. mm, It's it's up for debate. It all depends on the game, too. Like a lot of the games that I'm uh, interested in covering on the system actually have fairly speedy load times. We're talking less than 30 seconds, which is nice. But uh, don't but you're right. Yes, some of them are ter- are terrible. You're right. Like some of the fighting games, because there's so much animation happening. Uh, like yeah, they, three to four minutes. Up yeah, to like, well, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything uh, past forty seconds so far. But oh. I'm sure th- I'm sure there are those out there that are up there. Play play Top Hunter. There. Top Hunter. Yeah, I'll go. bet. Yeah, top play Hunter Top Hunter. Has some, 
serious, uh, serious stuff going on in it too. So, or even the samurai fucking showdown uh, RPG, which again, uh, you, giant you're the sprites ones... with lots of animation. Yeah, which you're the one that let me know that it has a Dreamcast version with an English option. So, uh, yeah, well, tw- Twinkle Star sprites, yeah. Oh, that too. I thought that was yeah, a yeah. Joe's CD exclusive. Like it didn't get ported outside of anything else. I don't know, well, man. I... Twinkle Twinkle Star sprites is. Uh is multi-platform it's also on the saturn and the dreamcast huh. as well as the yeah, but samurai showdown rpg that's on the dreamcast as well right yeah well no 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 sam sam show rpg is actually neo geo cd exclusive well i know it's on saturn and is it actually yeah it is on saturn I, didn't you tell me it had an english option on one of the systems outside of neo no geo? no i was i was talking about uh twinkle star sprites which have got... that game who the fuck needs english for that game <laughs> well you'd be surprised oh, I, you, Honestly, I would. I, I totally would. <laughs> yeah, I do have that. It's the cheapest version, too, which is nice. So, you know. All right. Dreamcast, Dreamcast for the win there. But, you know, I'll probably double dip anyway. Uh, but Ironclad is something that I want. It's super expensive, though. Uh, it was only released on the Neo Geo CD. That is an exclusive for the Neo Geo CD that you won't oh, find yeah. anywhere else. And it's it's up there in price, like to the tune of three four hundred dollars all right. Well, is that is that all for what's in your console, buddy? Uh, outside of the uh, the for realsy stuff, yeah. Like right now, I'm doing a couple of RPGs, which are going to hit the site eventually. I played some Phoenix Rage on PC, and you know, it's it's good. It it works well. What I understand. What, what the fuck is that thing even supposed to be? He looks like a really mad acorn. Yeah, a little bit. Sure, he's he's got. It almost looks like he's got feathers or something like that in some sort of stylistic sense, but. Uh, you know, it's fun. I dig that kind of game. Because yeah, he, he, like, I like the art style because it totally looks like a, the junior high school kid's sketch pad. Like, that's what it totally reminds me of. Like, just as an imaginative sketch pad gone wild into an interactive <laughs> game. Yep. Uh, hmm. But yeah, other, otherwise, I, I can't really think of anything else that, that I've been playing. Well, guys, I've been pretty busy myself. Uh, I mean, the site, I've been reviewing a lot of stuff that I can't really... There's some stuff I could talk about, but I'll, I'll definitely let me try to hit up. First off, I I have finally like dipped into my first Steam early access game, and I can tell you right now, guys, I'm I'm fucking mm, it's just mwah, I'm digging it. It's great. It's uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, and mm-hmm. uh, I you know I I couldn't uh, like originally I told you guys when I, when I, when I picked it up I was doing the uh, PS2 to USB. Uh, adapter and using my ps2 dance pad but uh there was kind of like a little bit of lag it worked but there was a little bit of lag just because uh again it's filtering stuff that's done from one format to another which is funny because like i remember using that back in its heyday before i could even get like a, a game controller and i don't remember the input lag being that noticeable on other stuff especially like on a game that was as fast moving as like say like Half Life like back at that time, so it was just really strange to me that like you know a the the top down like very archaic looking but you know for stylistic purposes I mean a uh, roguelike with a fucking dance pad would be the thing, but at the same time like I I would only assume since it's down uh, designed around the dance pad like those uh inputs are kind of finicky and fast to begin with i can only assume i don't know i don't i don't make games so fucking like you cut me some slack but uh i did decide hey you know what i'm gonna hop on craigslist and uh i'm gonna go ahead and get a ddr pad for the 360 and i had another craigslist adventure let me tell you um 
But this one <laughs> was uh, not not as strange. It was it was nothing like Boris. Um, this one, if anything, was uh, kind of funny. Uh, but in a like I don't know, it, it was it was really weird. Um, so basically, I bought a 360 uh, dance pad off of what looked like a very jilted single mom who was selling off her ex's stuff because just some of the things that she was also trying to pawn off to me were pretty ridiculous. And I, I did also end up grabbing some like, yeah, she, she was trying to sell uh, Thundercats action figures. Nice. And I'm just like, it, if anything, it just makes me realize more and more like, oh man, like no, <laughs> I, I, I can't help but laugh and just, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like I, I almost like kind of look at her and, and be like, this could be my future in a few years if I'm not careful. So like, it, I don't know. It, it was just a funny. I mean, it, it was definitely wasn't as funny, funny as uh, Boris. Well, other than the fact that Boris made me feel like I was going to fucking be sleeping with the fishes if I like said something wrong to him. But still, um it, it, it was quite an enlightening experience, uh, especially the fact that this time I actually got to work with her in her address. And yeah, it looked like she was straight cleaning shop from an ex jilted lover, uh, which I, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like those weird like situations where you don't you want to ask questions, but you don't. Um, well, I've always I've always been threatened by Dayruna that, that if I, anything ever went down on my end, I would uh, not see my import cabinet ever again, oh, except shit. in pieces. Yeah. Damn. So. Brutal. That's a pricey preposition, let me tell uh-huh. you. But, but watch yourself. <laughs> yup. You know, what's funny too is that, like, I swear that same day, because we turned it into a Craigslist venture, uh, we also found someone on Craigslist that was just selling a Wii U gamepad. Only the Wii U gamepad, by the way. And it, it, it just, it definitely had the uh, fresh scent of uh, fucking breaking and entering let me tell you like he ripped that shit off a display or yeah. something <laughs> uh, no it, it's just it was just funny though because like it was it was straight like this needs to move right mm. now like we didn't we're like so it's a we and it works everything and like they listed it at 40 and they immediately dropped it to 30 when we text messaging <laughs> yep. so we're oh, just shit. like yeah like all right, he's like, "Yo, you want to come get it right now? <laughs> Fucking, it's straight thirty dollars. <laughs> that shit's hot. We gotta get it out of here." <laughs> yeah, so it probably fell out of off of some truck or living room, like, and uh, it it's funny too because like immediately upon like getting it, it, it nothing's been done with it because I think we read somewhere because we were curious to see if anybody else tried it that like people who managed to get more than one gamepad like messing around with the connections between two on a, on a Wii U is ultimately ended up just breaking it. Mm. So, oh, oh, the joys of breaking something so expensive as a video game console. Sounds like the very best of times. Right? So, Always. anyway, I guess we should talk about, yeah, like other stuff. Um, oh, well, yeah, I didn't even tell you uh, more about that. Yeah, so I got the uh, 360 dance pad and it fucking works so much better. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. And um yeah, just man, roguelikes are fun. Like it, it's so funny too because like it it's definitely like I, I can't help but think of like Sarah's like recent Phoenix review. Like it that game like beats you into the ground and it has like this uh like I want to say like this nuclear throne slash Dark Souls difficulty where like you, yeah. yeah, like you really have to keep like 
a, a, a keen eye to what's going on and it's it's focused on rhythm rhythmic movement with like when you can step and the directions you have to go it's fucking ridiculous because like the whole the whole time i'm like fucking i'm straight swaying stomping and jumping to like get away from like some dude and it like i can't help but like have like such anxiety and yet laugh at the fact that like i'm i'm fucking like jumping up and down to get away from some like gnarly ass creature that can like totally like put the brakes on my fucking like lease on life mm. um but yeah it it's so far i mean it, it it honestly feels like a finished game like it as far as the way it plays and i, I can't get past the second dungeon so i couldn't tell you like just how how much i've actually got but like they're the, the you know the studio behind it i can't think of the studio at the moment but it it they're keeping that shit on lock so yeah um Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We played it at PAX. Um, how has it changed since you played it at PAX? Well, see, the thing was that, like, PAX, like, it was it was faster, in which, it, you know, granted that it definitely kept up, like, the pace and everything, but they, they definitely have, like, way more options. Because, like, when they're when they showcasing it in PAX, they were only showcasing, like, one specific dungeon, one campaign. Mm-hmm. And there's there, there are difficulty levels that you can now tune around with. That that make it definitely easier to break in, and not only that, like it, th- there there are certain classes of uh, you know warriors as well that you can take in that uh, also do affect like how you go about like with movement. Um, I, I, again, I I've just been fooling around with it, and it took me a while in, in intervals because like initially I came in there with like the PS2 dance pad, and then like once I put in the 360 dance pad, I I mean it felt a whole lot better. But uh, I haven't really gotten a chance to like unlock or, or do a whole lot. But I, I did tone down the difficulty setting and I got through it. Um, but I, I will say that it, it definitely has like that like that sense of uh, I, I want to say like muscle memory that you you slowly like get a feel for it and then mm-hmm. it's everything starts to feel a little bit more intuitive moving around. Um, I if anything though like that soundtrack and like again for the a, a game of that caliber like soundtrack's really important i i i can't help but just love that like it, it seriously it, it feels and plays like a medieval dance party like <laughs> I, I i i gotta say that like taking taking the bite so far i felt pretty good playing i don't know I, i'll have more to say i was thinking about doing like a special video of it i still need to get like the uh the outer video set up for you guys to like actually catch me doing my fucking sweet dance moves um you know, with with the dance pad, so I'll definitely have more to say on that. But uh, I've actually, um, Pax has sort of inspired something else that like I've been dabbling around about. So I'm gonna also go ahead and make that announcement since uh, I'm, you know, we're we're talking to and mentioning it. Um, when we were in the console free play room and just like I don't know, it was it was a collection and and slew of many things that kind of led to this little desire of mine. Uh, and I don't know how much I can stay on top of it, but I'm going to definitely try. Um, I've recently kind of fallen into just playing a shitload of uh, Burger Time for the NES. (laughs) Nice. And it's kind of inspired something because I've been getting better and better at it. And like it's getting harder and harder, but uh, I'm always increasing my score. And my score right now is uh, up in the uh, 50,000s. So I was kind of curious and I couldn't help but like, you know, check out 
what the highest world record is on Burger Time for the NES. And it is 680,100 points. Uh, it's held currently by Eric Cummings. So I have decided on behalf of Press Podge Radio every week that I'm going to challenge this goddamn score on Twitch for everybody to see. And fucking I'm going to call it Burger Time World Kitchen. And I like it. Yep. And yep. fucking that's going to be that. something that I'm going to start. It's going to I'm going to basically try to get it to where I do it every Thursday night. So I remember playing playing with uh, playing the arcade version there at the, uh, the the arcade free play was pretty fun. Yeah, I recently I love the sausage animation. That's the funniest thing of all time. It drives me insane every time I see it. <laughs> that's a, that's a, I, just, I just like I, <laughs> I, I picture like. I picture like Quasimodo with several palsy. Like, like I don't know. It, 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 if one could even picture such a fucking dark, dark image. But um, yeah. So I don't know. When, a- when I see it, it's just kind of like going down the uh, going down the ladders, freaking sausages. So basically, you just intimidated or intimidated impersonated like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. A little bit. Did you know that in uh, in Sweden he's known as the Danish chef? Oh, it's true. Did, that makes is sense. there context for that? There is because he's uh, he more accurately imitates the Danes than the uh, than the Swedes. You think they'd be so like neutral about it though? They wouldn't like fucking <laughs> not so much actually. They they actually make fun of the Danish uh, accent quite a bit there. Well, God, dude, at least at, at, at oh, those he's crazy one of the Nordic few characters. States. He's one of the few characters that's escaped like the fucking wave of pro- political correction. You're like, probably we, right. We can't even like Speedy Gonzalez owns a goddamn pizzeria and sounds less and less Mexican. Pepe Le Pew, although way less rapey, which is a good thing, uh, is way less French. Um, shit, man. Like, what's another character that was just like so... Like a report really over the top. Uh, well, like, 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 like had to get it. Yeah. Well, okay. There's two of them that I know that like got axed. That's the Taco Bell dog. Like Blue Lack was just like, nope. That dog. Yeah, but he also died. So. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he oh, just. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think, right? I mean, the the Chihuahua's lifespan isn't much more than 11 years. And then we're talking like almost 20 years ago that that was there. Oh, true. I don't know. I kind of think they like. I always thought it was like a Milo and Otis sort of thing where they just like had like fucking a, a chihuahua kennel that they just threw in like or mm-hmm. at some point he's just CG. But even then, it's the character itself. We lost number six. Uh, get the get the next one out of the cage kind of thing, right? Yeah. They're just breeding him like specifically in the back of Taco Bell headquarters. I think I need a bigger box. Oh, geez. Uh, Frito Bandito is, is also another fucking character that got the axe uh, accordingly. Was, yeah, I don't know. Poor Frito Bandito, which what's really funny, too, is that like um, I recently saw like I guess Dragon Ball Z Kai is like aired on like Nicktoons and that motherfucker is straight blue. Like he he's like, oh, he, yeah. he, he is like straight up Kool-Aid grape flavored blue. So it, Mr. It, Popo, right? Yeah. Mi- yeah, mis- yeah. Whoa, call me. Whoa. Yeah. Mr. Popo is blue ass blue. So kind of funny Sweet. um yeah. uh i like if i honestly it wouldn't surprise me if they just like fucking edited out his turban at some point but that's another story <laughs> altogether <laughs> um 
So, speaking of other games I've been playing, I also have been playing uh, for review, which uh, you guys uh, will also be seeing this week. It's a little late, but it's totally fun, and it's a Sarah Sarah game. Is a Velocity 2X. Man, that game, you want to talk about like Twitch heavy precision and just fun? Uh, yeah. I've, uh, I've got the original on PSP and it's it's pretty great, but they've added a lot of action stages to the uh, to the second one. Eh? It's not just a straight shooter. No, there's like the thing is, like the further you get in it, like just all the nonsense, like it it, it becomes like almost one giant puzzle. And like right. depending on just like how how much of a connection you kind of, you know, built uh, based on your reflexes to to like, uh, you know, come across some of these obstacles, because like it, it's half top down shooter, like a vertical shooter. Um, and what's funny is that like uh, the big thing that it super emphasizes on is like teleportation, like, you know, short, right. short length teleportation. So there's a lot of parts of the stages where you like basically short distance like quantum leap to different spots and then there are like different switches that you have to like activate like fucking landmaster style from Star Fox in order to open up gates from other areas and you won't even be able to reach those switches without like taking a fork in the path which you then have to like rewind back to certain points of the uh, start of certain stages through teleportation pods then like when you go into these like weigh in stations it goes to a side scrolling uh, sort of gameplay style that's like pretty much like a fast moving arcade take on Metroid where it's like a almost like a runner you, there's pl- tons of pl- uh, platforming and more teleportation and like enemies that actually are affected by the teleportation like it's it's really weird because like every stage are gradually introducing like a new nuance or hook to like the these two types of gameplay and and how they interact with each other when you mix them up and then the stages get fucking huge from it um and plus like i really i don't know i really like the art style but if anything like i like i'm enjoying it but it's really weird because like uh you know certain certain stages are designed where you you want to play like every stage is kind of designed where you want to play them fast but it at times like just the scale of of all the uh change outs and and teleports and uh backtracking and all that it gets to be really overwhelming and, and it just like it's it's bare, it, the game is big on like collecting all the little uh you know rescue pods and crystals which uh you know the crystals so far are really just for like i don't know it i haven't really found like a a, a context that would really make playing the game fun so far like it as far as collecting them fun so far other than like completion but it, it's definitely like it's effect. It's like one of those games that's like a pick up and play game. With whoa, that is that an airplane? Big ass truck. It wasn't what as bad as the Holy fucking uh, hillbilly that drove the last time. Yeah, that was just a big semi. Yeah, it, it it's a game that's like very pick up and play, but mm. at the same time it's very cerebral. Like I don't know. Um, and like it sucks because like I feel like I wish I could have talked about this earlier because it was free for a while for like PS Plus. I think it still might be until the seventh. I don't yeah, the new the new plus stuff is like Tuesday, as we record this. So yeah, the seventh. Yeah. So uh-huh. the moment you guys like listen, definitely try to grab that up if you can. Get it. It's it's fuck. It's, it's mm, it is valicioso. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> the other game that I've been getting like fucking hot and heavy in. Um, well, I don't want to talk about. I'll just also mention that uh, I'm not going to talk about this one, but I'm give you guys a little bit of a buffer for the review. It's 
quite possibly one of the more disappointing games that I've played is Natural Doctrine uh, Strategy RPG um, that's available on all platforms, Vita, uh, PS4, and PS3, and absolutely bears no striking resemblance or distinction between the three because it all looks like a really <laughs> shitty-looking Vita game. Yeah, <laughs> bummer. Yeah, and it, it's weird, too, because it, it it's a third-person strategy RPG that's tile-based, like Disgaea, but like imagine like Valkyria Chronicles so to speak, and it, it has like this Fallout 3 style, Fallout 3, Fallout 3 style like level design to where like it involves backtracking between maps, um, but it, it like there's there's no inherent explanation of it. Like I, I could take the secret route where I know there's like a bigger reward and more loot. It's a very loot heavy game also for a strategy RPG game, which is, you know, cool, but like there could be uh, an enemy, like a like a mid boss guarding that loot that's like twenty levels higher than I have any way to be, and like just slaughters me. So it it doesn't like the exploration and the levels don't even feel rewarding of it because like you know half of the time you're taking a bigger risk than you are actually getting a reward. So I don't know. That's my time with it so far. Uh, but speaking of rewarding games and games that I did not think were going to be rewarding. Fucking led like Hylian Warrior or Hyrule Warriors. Sorry, Hyrule Warriors is really good, you guys. Um, it's funny too because like it, it, it definitely plays very similar to a, like a Muso game, but it it has like all the right like feelings of like a, a Zelda game, and I don't know everything about it is just so fun. I I honestly like they did a really good job distinguishing like the play styles between the different characters and the elements and and even in like fan service like fucking galore like I would not be surprised if like I I'm not nowhere near the end of the game yet but I'm I'm getting there like well actually I take that back I'm I'm halfway through the game but near the end and I wouldn't be surprised if I fucking unlock the grandma from Wind Waker as a playable character <laughs> so <laughs> DLC you gotta buy it Sorry. yeah. That yep. that DLC pack. I don't know. Did you already buy it, Andrew? Not yet. No, I'm going to. Uh, Dark Link, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's and they're and they're, they're what they're doing. Uh, uh, Majora's Mask stuff next month. Yeah. See, like the the whole, like that, like, yeah. season pass thing that they're doing with uh, high yeah. high it's, it's, Nintendo's actually doing DLC right, in my opinion, from what they've released for Mario Kart and for Hyrule Warriors. So good sign for Smash. Yeah, and and even then, like, I'm really curious to see, like, so far, like, Mario Kart 8 has gotten some promising DLC options as far as characters or whatnot. It, it's it's really, like, I don't know, it's kind of funny that, like, people are complaining that certain characters didn't make the cut now that the 3DS version's out, which, by the way, uh, I've also been playing a lot of, um, and, and I'll get to that in a bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I really feel like, if if Nintendo, especially with pricing and availability, uh, if they can keep this going, that Nintendo Network just might be the. I mean, granted, it, it's still like the fidelity of like you know, older Xbox Live, but hell, that's fucking better than, like that's better than anything that Nintendo has done prior to this point. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, speaking of the game, well, going back to the gameplay though, um, really like every I don't know. Every map and everything, even though it's it's the same kind of standard where you're capturing checkpoints and accomplishing things, just within the fiction of the world it serves and like just the the style of playing it, it 
it's it's very grabbing, especially like the adventure mode. I've been I've been having a lot of fun with that. It's it's essentially like it's it's definitely grabbing its Zelda roots, just because as well. Like unlike other Musou games, there's like a huge emphasis on items, and there's elements attached to the items. But I mean, like if you guys think that because like you're not just Link, you're like several different characters. I don't want to spoil all of them, but I mean like Impa, like Zelda, uh, Sheik. So far, has been my least favorite character to play with because like. In a game that emphasizes like uh, abilities that like would really help with crowd control and power moves, she's a really narrow-based fighter, and I'm not I'm not a fan of that. Like, I mean, she'd be probably awesome for chains, but I'm not I'm not about chains. I'm about fucking dozing, dozing and bowling. Um, but yeah, there there are so many different items. Like, I I just expected to be using like variations of swords or the master sword, and I've been using shit like the fucking fire rod and like the uh, like a harp like i've been using so many different things and then like the secondary items play like a huge role like there are certain enemies that can only be taken out by the secondary items which is very like zelda-esque like the the deku baba mm. flowers which like they have an area effect like everything basically they, like the the adaptation and filtering of like the zelda universe and the style of gameplay has like remarkably worked out really well for it and that yeah dude, and and when you take on certain objectives, like I remember even like the first boss you go against, like you instinctively know, oh, I just got the bombs. He opens up his mouth a lot. I think I'm supposed to throw the bombs in his mouth to defeat him. Like it has Zelda ass puzzles that you solve, like even in like a ridiculous amount of hack and slash combat. Like there, there's there's strategy involved. There's puzzles involved. Like it, it has those Zelda, you know, experiences that you would come to expect. And I love that. I love how Hyrule Warriors takes a dev team that doesn't make Zelda games hell doesn't really make Nintendo games and has them make a game like this. Cause it's like, it's, it's, it's their homage to that series, you know, it's, and it's a damn they, they, good one. Yeah. And, and they can take that fandom and actually make a game that that's worth playing. That's a little different than the normal Zelda game that you would experience. Like I talked to people about it earlier today, like some of the best Zelda games that I've played are the ones that were made by developers that don't normally make Zelda games like Minish Cap, Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons. Like, very different Zelda games than what you would be accustomed to around that time. I think Hyrule Warriors is the same thing. It's a dev team that, you know, normally doesn't make that game. They kind of step out of their, their comfort zone, makes a game, but it's an homage to a series they love. And you get like an awesome fan, you know, like for the fans, they, they, they love it. It's got fan service, you know, not only for the players, but the devs, you know, the developers, you can tell it's, it's got a lot of fan service for them too. I think in um, like, you yeah. know, and this is, this one's really directed for James. I think like mm-hmm. a lot of the tedium, uh, and just like monotony that like people uh, cite against Legend of Zelda is is always just for the styles of gameplay not dramatically changing. But there's never yeah. like there's always been a reverence for the world. So yeah. like the fact that they've like essentially translated this world into this wildly different style yeah. of play. And it's not like a cash grab. It's actually something that's really fun to play, which I thought that they were kind of doing. I thought it was just a way for the market it off of the name. And it's not the case at all. Like it is totally worth having. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I'll have more to say about it in my review. But man, like, Hyrule Warriors is definitely like it's not a system seller, but it's like if you were to tell if you were to ask me right now, are there ten games that I can grab on the Wii U right yeah. now that make it worth mm-hmm. it? Like I like can now. <laughs> you, oh, I totally can now. And Hyrule yeah. Warriors is definitely one of them. Yeah. I mean, agreed. yeah. It, I think if anything, too. It may if if that and Bayonetta two uh, hits 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 home as strong as I like want it to. 
I think, uh, you know, Nintendo and, you know, uh, like, well, Nintendo also had a lot to do with the development of Bayonetta 2. But mm. I think the one element that would definitely make the gamepad a very attractive uh, thing is the the local the power of the local co-op play that it offers between the gamepad and the screen uh, especially for games that would normally never be able to get co-op because of the nature of their style like Hyrule Warriors or Bayonetta 2 very action heavy games that like demand uh, a significant amount of screen space and functionality and the fact that it's able to execute like that uh, execute itself like that especially like Hyrule Warriors being able to like when you have to delegate like objectives of like what what uh, outposts to guard and like what uh, enemies to kill or things to do and that you can delegate that against a, across a very large map between two players in a local setting. Oh man, I I can't wait to see how Bayonetta two really like pulls that off. But yeah, I can totally see this being like one of the biggest draws that like Nintendo may have fallen into with with the gamepad, which is cool because I mean when the DS first came out like. Nobody knew really what to do with the gamepad. I'm sorry, with the touchscreen, and then they were just gimmicky as fuck with it. And then slowly but surely, like the right, like subtle use of it, like is what made it really awesome to the point where like the Vita now has touchscreen dynamics in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. But they've also been guilty of gimmicky shit. Yes, they have. <laughs> yeah, um, that goddamn touchpad. Uh, but I, yeah, I I don't think I've really liked using it in any other game other than Tearaway. Gravity That's Rush. Seriously? It's the only time it's the only time it worked well for me. In oh opinion, yeah, and Gravity, Gravity Rush. Rush. I also really yeah. like it in Gravity Rush. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Speaking of which, um, portable games. So I've been playing Super Smash Brothers for 3DS. Uh huh. You guys, and I, man, I really like it. I also have a inheritably like horrible fear of fucking up my 3DS, and like there's already been reports of like people like. Jacking uh, but, their circle but those analog, out. man. That's people just like fucking. They're 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 going at hard, like as hard as possible. I think because uh, a lot of people said that when you're playing, and I actually agree with this. Like the softer you are on the analog stick, it actually helps with the control of your character. Like you don't really need to be kind of like smashing on the on the analog stick to move your character around. Like the softer you are, it's actually yeah. better for control. I think because I feel like when you jam on it, it, it ends up speeding up your character, and they kind of you know they miss the mark when they're running towards an opponent or you know something like that i think if you're a little more easy on the control it kind of it it feels like it locks in a little bit better but i don't know i'm i'm playing mine just until i get to sell it towards uh the shin megami tensai persona q system because i'm getting the shit out of that um what's you best believe yeah, but, like, so far, and, like, I already had, like, a pretty a good idea about this, like, when um, I, I played it in, in preview uh, settings, but this is definitely, like, the most technical Smash Brothers ever. Like, this, it, it essentially, like, everything that, like, Brawl wasn't, uh-huh. uh, this game has, like, made up for in leaps and bounds, and I, and I think it may finally be the game that, like, beats out Melee. I mean, Melee is still like the king between all the all, all the different entries within the series, just because of its the, like all the technical nuances behind it. Granted, a lot of them are exploits, but still the the like the technical differences in 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 between characters and the speed. And this game like delivers on like fucking like spades. Like so far, uh, my two mains that I've gotten before like unlocking characters. If anything, that's the one thing like they've taken like. I think what it was is like in Brawl, like a lot of the emphasis was honestly put on fan service and like 
like less on like the actual fighting mechanics and more about like basically exploring and doing all the fun wacky worlds and adventures that they could and you know a lot of people didn't go for that that's why like you know if you don't see anything like subspace emissary mode or any shit like that you see like in the 3ds version you see smash run uh which you know has been kind of like a fun distraction but honestly i don't i don't think it's like a a a system selling feature but granted like i still think this is a great addition uh to get if you're getting both smash brothers i think the 3ds version is still worth getting like the only complaint that i've honestly have with it and and i believe sarah mentioned it in his preview back at pax is that uh within certain stages it, it it's a little bit more compounded than others but when you're playing like four contestant matches, like with, with four players on bigger stages, everything's a little too small and too fast to really yeah. get a good, like, you know, home in on where you're going. So especially when the characters are the same color. Oh yeah. It's really bad. Like Sonic versus Mega Man. Good luck. Yeah, pretty much. But like, I'm really like a lot of the things that they've done between characters like even even the Fire Emblem characters, which I thought were going to be like you know shitty clones of certain uh, other aspects, they all like every every fighter feels really distinct and like has like I don't know a very surprising place I like my mains of course have been Little Mac, which Jesus like he doesn't have a good air game at all, but like I don't need to be on the air. I as long as I'm able to juck juve and dive like getting like basically getting me in the air would have been like the best way to really like go against me but even then i've been trying to find like anti-air defense and the fact that there's like you know such a like i i I haven't felt that kind of need to strategize and mess with all these like tiny little minute like this minutia of fighting styles and strategies since like melee and like rosalina rosalina is insane she's like basically the ice climber concept multiplied to a completely different level because like when she uses luma and is able to send her if you can like get a handle of just like like the, the the certain pressures and like inputs of like sending Luma across the arena and and especially if you can like you know navigate the the distance between you two and and combine certain combinations like Rosalina I I'm already very confident will be a top tier character like when it comes to tournament play like the, but like it's just funny because Sakurai has always been like, oh, Smash Brothers has never been intended to be a tournament game. This, this, like, even more so than Melee. I mean, if he's going to compare, if, if if I were, if we were to look in comparative scope, this is the tournament Smash Brothers. Just like the way Mortal Kombat X, like, introduces all these subtle styles and strategies and, like, levels of depth that make it, like, so complex. This is the same thing that I can see coming out of Smash Brothers. And if, I don't know. If anything, DLC will only be a uh, will only be the thing that tells. And even then, like the final smashes and the the way they like change up their occurrence, like everything has been like balanced to this very intentional degree that I've had a lot of fun playing. I'm just, if anything, it's only whetted my appetite for the Wii U release because the Wii U release is going to have way better control options, way way better fidelity in terms of like movement and visuals it it damn dude that thing is gonna fucking conquer the holiday and tvs or anybody like i i i'm guaranteed that's gonna be the game that moves we use it, it really is not not mario kart 8 or 3d land that smash brothers and nintendo played it smart because they released it on 3ds first got everybody thinking about how awesome it is and then got them thinking wow wouldn't it be cool if i play this on tv with friends so 
man, I, I like I, I'm pretty sure this is going to be Nintendo's holiday. And Sarah, have you picked it up yet? No, hell no. Wait, wh- why? Because, man, I didn't like it on 3DS at all. It was kind of garbage on 3DS. Uh, if I get it, it'll be a, a, a playable on a TV, to be honest. Well, the way I, it's supposed to be. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's playable. Um, yeah, I mean, only just barely. But, I mean, from what I played at PAX, it wasn't doing it for me. And I thought about it, but I'm like, mm, no, I could spend that 50 bucks on something more fun. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead. I guess we can just move into select feedback real quick and uh, take out a couple questions. What do you guys say? Nope. Fuck it. Sarah doesn't like Smash. The show's over. <laughs> yeah. The show's fuck over. It. Actually, right. yeah. I, I, I quit. The, I quit this shit. Peace. Like Q dubstep, fucking like yeah. shit just gets broken. But show over. I I like that we use that, but I don't know. Thinking like, how else could we do that? Anyway, fucking yeah, let's move on and select feedback. So we got a couple of emails. I'm gonna read them. This is gonna be hey. really nice. All right, let's let's see what the readers want or listeners or wait. What do you think? Do you think it's more listeners or readers that actually write? Followers, in? listeners. Well, yeah, we haven't recorded a lot of podcasts. We've recorded. What's funny is we've like dumped. We've pounded out like six play plays in between podcasts. But um, yeah, we have more people listening to the show than watching the videos. So no, you guys should just do it all. Just fucking like all put us on, yeah, bookmark us. Put put our put that shit on your fucking. On your YouTube Google, response videos, Google toolbar. Yeah, that's <laughs> YouTube. Those are my least. Make use of that RSS feed. Yeah. Those are my least favorite YouTube videos, by the way. Put it into your Google Reader. Oh, wait. Google Reader isn't around anymore. Oh, man. <sighs> put put that into your .save as file XML um, space mm-hmm. storage apparatus. Put it on your MySpace page. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Better I yet. I didn't say I, that without laughing. Your live blogger. Or live mm-hmm. journal. Yep, live journal. There you go. Live journal. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Man, I can't wait to see all the Angel Fire fan sites that we've fucking yep. spawned. They're coming soon. Anyway, all right. So we've got our first email from Matt, and Matt writes, "Hey, Press Pause Radio. I can't help but notice that you guys have a very huge fondness for that of the indie games. And to be honest, I'm kind of sick of seeing indie games and all the praise they're getting because." I honestly feel like the indie game or the meaning of indie has lost its meaning. I mean, what does indie game mean to you? Because lately, with all the mainstream pushing of it, I don't even feel like indie games really exist anymore. I mean, can there be such a thing as an indie game on platforms like PlayStation 4 and Xbox One? Hell, I'm seeing more of those in AAA releases this year. Anyway, what do you guys think? I'd like to know. Matt. Mm-hmm. Well, well, a lot of those games, though, I would not categorize as indie games. I think that indie game has became 
synonymous with a certain genre or a certain aesthetic of a game. Side-scrolling like platformer, that's indie. Like, you see something that has, like, a very minimalistic approach or a very hand-drawn art style or a lot of different things that you see in the game, you assume, oh, that's an indie game because of how it looks aesthetically. I think indie game, I think the definition of indie game is the way the game has been produced in terms of the amount of people that have made the game, uh, you know, the development team, the uh, resources used to make said game. You know, I consider an indie game something that's like a small team, like 10 people, or, you know, has very humble uh, origins. Like the game was made only, you know, using so much money or the guy broke his, you know, he like lost his life savings making the game. Like there's been a lot of indie game stories like that of people oh, making God, a game yeah. like, not really being successful and then finding success yeah. maybe on their second title or the game gets traction after a long period of time that no I, one really I think, had played uh, it. I, I think the, tr- the truest indie games are, are those that are true, like like real underdogs that have no uh, no uh, fallback in terms of major labels, publishers, and companies yeah. sort of... Uh, like I mean, there are exceptions to the rule because I... I don't know. I think it's more of an attitude than than a um, amount of money or or mm-hmm. number, right? So, yeah. Like uh, what was that one? Treachery and Beatdown City. Yeah, he's got a bit of Sony back in behind him, but uh, he he's got the right attitude behind it, you know. Yeah, and even then, like I like I'm not gonna mention specific names or anything game wise, but like I can mention a publisher. Uh, Adult Swim games like this person like and this guy he's been developing his game for years and he finally got it published under like Adult Swim and like you know he he's basically just he's been suffering from the fact that like Adult Swim is like now catering and pushing so many different games that there was only so much exposure to this finished game that isn't even living up to like the uh, projected sales that he had in mind and like this guy like he took out student loans that he uh, basically moved over to the development costs instead. Mm-hmm. Like like stories like this, and even then, like I I think honestly, like just the spirit alone of of indie is something that's really hard to define because like you know everybody kind of has this like this notion or this like idea of selling out, and to be honest, like. What the fuck is that even anymore? Like, I, I just, I don't understand when there's, like, this animosity towards, like, developers, like, taking, like, I, I, I don't want to say handouts, but, like, taking an opportunity to, like, basically publish or otherwise being being able to actually widely distribute the game. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it's almost like, to me, if anything, like, this, the underground... It, 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 it's this fear of corrupting the, the underground freedom that the game has... And so far that I've seen, like, you know, publishers uh, that, like, both major and, and omnipotent, like, Sony and Microsoft and even Nintendo that have, like, you know, taking a, a full wide interest into just releasing these games have done nothing but, again, take interest in releasing the games. I don't think that by, like, getting involved and being able to push these games and getting the funding to do what they can, I don't think that necessarily changes, like how the game is being designed. I mean, I could see that in some aspects. Like, I don't know. I It's been very, like, to me, when, like, people get kind of, like, disenchanted by, like, indie, I mean, I guess, 
the way I look at it is, uh, you know, a true indie game is something that normally we wouldn't see from most, you know, major publishers. Like something that's like Crypt of the Necro Dancer is is a excellent definition to me of an indie game because I don't I don't see like Atlas or you know from software even or any other major publisher like taking that direction with a roguelike and yet they were able to do it and who knows I mean it's still a very weird uh, way to play it and a lot of major AAA games uh, and publishers have like are trying to distance themselves away from peripheral gaming because that like all got killed by Activision um but there, there, there are things that, like, you know, there are indie games that just regurgitate what they know works, and like, if they think it's gonna sell, it's gonna sell. Yeah, you know, fuck that. But I mean, I, I've still genuinely seen some amazing experiences, and I don't think any of them have been diluted just because they've been released or pushed to a high extent. I mean, they're still indie just because they're still able to do something that the big guys like didn't have any interest in doing or or better yet like any confidence in doing mm. so i don't know um yeah I, I i think if anything like the label of indie isn't necessarily underdog but like when you when you hear it like one of the one of the things that immediately comes to mind is different it's something you know that can come by and and when it's not i don't know but to me it, it's it's nebulous to try and like argue if anything like I, I don't I don't understand why there would be an animosity towards indie games being bigger and bigger if anything like or the fact that they're getting widely more distributed I like I can think of a slew of indie games that could possibly sell Sarah PS4 uh, had he like had the money to get one more than most AAA games that would convince him otherwise. Yeah, pretty much. But then again, most of those are also available on like Steam. So other platforms. That's true. There, there's very few that are exclusive. That's true. And that's, that's another thing. Like, and that's another thing about indie games is you know they need that distribution just because uh, certain publishers or certain you know companies want to court them and put them on their system. You know, you can't pass that up. Like, hey, we'll give you a paycheck if you put this game exclusively on our system. Yeah, I'd do it. I don't think it's selling out. I think that's just, it's smart business. And it doesn't mean that's going to be on that system exclusively forever. Um, but PC is such a huge thing now. Like You can easily distribute an indie game through through PC download or you know even mobile. Mobile's huge for gaming now. Like it, The avenues that you have to go through to get a game out and published are easier than they used to be, but they're still tough. Like You still need help. <laughs> and even then, like, you know, Heck, I'm in I'm in an indie, uh, in an indie game now, so I mean, you know, yeah, so, and and there are certain like, you know, there there are still like Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo have made it easier, but certainly haven't made it. Think like, about that, man. If that game got big and like the consoles were like, hey, we want this game on our platform, you'd be on consoles and everything. Yeah, that can happen. That's cool about indie games. Word of mouth. You know, popularity picks up, and, the, and it's that, easy and that to doesn't port. take away from the milestone that nope. it still is. No, oh. no. Sayer still knows like how hard it is to bring out something like that. The grassroots yep. approach it's to getting out something. Still, my first soundtrack. Yep, yep. So, yeah, and and uh, you know, I'll, I can tell you right now that there are like dozens, like I'm just fuck that, hundreds of people like across the world that have been working on games for years and. They like whether they complete the game or not or have something, they still like may not be able to bring it out. So I mean yeah. there's there's still an indie community there. It's just that like if anything, like 
I wouldn't look at it as such of like like a trendy buzzword, but if anything, a, a distinction. Now, do some of those games deserve this distinction? No. And do they get dis- do they get labeled as such? Yes. But like, you know, I, I would assume that, you know, you're savvy enough to kind of call the difference and hopefully your definition may, you know, so to speak, resonate with ours. But I mean, that, that that's the way I look at it. That, that, even, even then, like, it doesn't take away from it. Like, I, I don't know if a grassroots fucking thing is is able to basically distribute on a, on a wide wholesale farmers market, then like what what takes a what takes away that like that I, I don't know I, I guess that homebred sort of I, I was going with like a clever analogy but it, it failed mm. basically that's okay yeah if like mom's best coffee is sold at Starbucks but it isn't made by Starbucks they just picked up the right to sell it I mean I don't think that takes away from mom's best coffee if it if it's still made the same way it was before Starbucks started selling it I don't I don't see like the influence of these distributors affecting or changing what the game is as far as content or, or you yeah, know, anything. I, I, I just think people get pissed off at the idea of more people playing that game, that that indie darling Which that only they knew stupid. about. Like, it's that sense of entitlement. It comes all back to that, like that someone saying, like, I like this game before you did. I'm pissed that you like it now and that it's more easily accessible. It, 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 that goes into a whole nother topic, but yeah. that is a big part of it, that, that, you know, that backlash to the indie game community when something like that gets picked up by a major publisher or a platform shame on them though that's what i say i say shame on them yep all right so we've got one more uh, we got two more emails we'll go ahead and knock out uh we've got one from brad and uh brad writes so lately i've been enjoying uh hold on fucking jesus christ let me start over (laughs) Lately, I've been enjoying your guys' commentary episodes that you guys have done for movies, like the Mortal Kombat one is hilarious, and it got me to thinking because I remember you guys have talked about how video game properties haven't always had the best adaptions outside of video games in terms of media. What would your ideal video game adaption be, and what kind of media? I mean, we've talked about movies, right? But what else do you see them being, like cartoons? or comic books, or even board games? I'd like to know. Thanks. Well, yeah, Tetris we, just got a movie deal, so oh that's... Oh, God, why? Is Uwe Boll making it? <laughs> uh, I, have, I have no idea. Uh, I just Lord. hope it has something to do with the uh, the eyepiece and the uh, Soviet space race. It's going to be just like the, the Battleship game, uh, game. Not a Battleship game, but... Yeah, the, the the board game going into a movie. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> but it, it works. Like, you know, it's funny. is for my birthday. Um, I got the Uncharted board game, and I love it. It's actually oh, really cool. fun. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, I mean... I, I, I've always seen the Gears of War game, and I wanted to try that. Well, uh, what's funny is Gears of War, I believe, has its own, like, sub-genre of hero clicks that I think nice. are actually, like... That'd be cool. Yeah, which, I mean, there, there, there are certain adaptions that do definitely work. And then there, I, I guess what it is like, it's really hard to like, um, like answer that. But I, I mean, we've, we've thought about this before. And I think me personally, as far as an adaption, like the best kind that you mm-hmm. can do with uh, video games to me uh, have always been like, if done right. And, and granted, what I'm about to say has uh, there's already definitely evidence out there that it's been, it's been done terribly. But, you know, hear me out. Um, I, I think that uh, comic books are like 
in my opinion, one of the best outlets to uh, definitely expand upon games. Like the Tomb Raider comics from Dark Horse that have been coming out. Uh, they've had some of their ups and downs, but I mean, it's still going. And like some of those stories are amazing. And it's even kind of like been really cool the way it experiments with, uh, you know, doing crossovers with other established comic books. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, yeah, franchises within that like brand. Like even before Dark Horse picked it up, like I remember like Witchblade like did several crossovers with Laura. And even then, like what they take away from like the video games and what they expand upon in, in that fiction and try to make it work is really interesting. Hell, uh, you know, Archie's been doing Sonic the Hedgehog for fucking years. Like we're talking like since it, Sonic the Hedgehog initially came out on the Genesis and like, there's still of like you know a rabid fan base. And I think, I think they've been doing it for nearly 20 years now. Yeah, no, they have. Yeah. And like, Archie just picked up the 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 rights to do Mega Man, and they've already mm. taken advantage of the Mega Man Sonic crossover with Mega Man fighting fucking Doctor Robotnik and Sonic fighting Doctor Wily, and the mashup between those characters. And like, it it's from what I hear, as far as you know, fans of of those comics, that it's been you know mostly a success. But I mean, comics have always been like a really cool resurrection for certain brands too, like the the DuckTales comics and Darkwing, and then the crossover between those are also one of my favorites from Kaboom. And I think like a video game property to me personally that I, I've kind of gotten into playing like here and there, not so much that I can discuss it on the podcast, or so so to speak. But I actually want to put more time into it when if I do have downtime is a uh, Hitman, and I think Hitman would be amazing for comic books. It just it has this kind of universe and like this gritty sense of like narrative and fiction that would definitely fit in especially in an in, in episodic and chapter based kind of format like comic books so um that's what i'd like to see um also uh i remember i don't i don't remember who exactly but um i think it yeah it was stevie uh me and stevie have also had a lot of arguments over how Shenmue should be concluded and how like Shenmue 3 as a game would be terrible. I disagree heavily, by the way. Stevie, you British wanker. Yeah, I said it. He did it. He did it. But anyway, but Stevie always thinks that it should be finished as a movie or, or you know, a manga or something. And if it were, I mean, I'd still do it. But like when it comes down to it, I mean, I, I think like video games that like have such a like I, I would say a rich story like though those games that 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 basically have like a world that like exist like legend of zelda for example i think it's come to a point where it has a world that can be adapted into something like hyrule warriors um i think that would make a good adaption i don't know it's weird because i feel like like I didn't like you. You know, we joke around how Tetris is, is gonna be like a really shitty movie, but like who knows? There's this fan movie on Pac-Man. Uh, well, it's not a movie, but they did a trailer uh, within the concept of the movie, and they made it seem like I. I we, we, actually, Sean wrote about it uh, for the site. Uh, I'll actually list it within the uh, show notes. But, show notes. Yeah, but like you know, I remember the trailer basically being where the the ghosts were like a. Uh, computer virus that was like regarded as a terrorist attack and pac-man was the uh government antivirus that fought against this to prevent nuclear war and it was actually done kind of well and it was i mean it was still pac-man there were still mazes and whatnot but you know they were still able to apply like human characters and like you know 
do a take on it that that still kind of felt faithful to the game. I mean, I, I think there are certain video games that if you were to like just flat out like fucking translate them like, you know, like ounce for ounce of what they are as a game into like anything else. It's not going to work because a lot of those games are yeah. built to be exactly that games and nothing else. So, which you know, when it when it comes straight down to brass tacks, uh, it's something that Uva Bull himself has sort of uh, touched on is that you know the, the kind of games that he does movie ad- ad- adaptations for don't really allow for much more than what he's able to get out of them. He, yeah, he is a terrible director when it comes down to games, but he kind of has a point. Like, what more do you want from a, uh, a movie from, like, House of the Dead, mm. right? What if the house that was dead was actually just, a, <laughs> was actually just like, a pop-up book? And that... And See, it, now, now you're thinking too much, right? It would be terrible. And then at the end, it all just turned out to be Sinead O'Connor's dream. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah so there that's we go. scary isn't it super scary totally gotcha i got you but um, even then like i don't know it's it's weird just because like i feel like if video games are to adapt which they have been uh, if anything it's just funny to me because i've been seeing video games adapt like a whole bunch of other different medias into themselves i mean look at pt for example even though it like some people are like again this this really arbitrary definition of what a video game is has been like rearing its head in ugly debate and discourse and like PT is hardly considered a game because of the lack of direction in exposition it's more or less a interactive teaser trailer as it's been marketed like what the fuck is that it's a video game like you know what I mean or even then like Skylanders I mean the fact that it made toys like fun in a completely different way and that, that we can do that like the fact that I like I live in a day and age where I can put like a figurine on a base and it shows up magically on my TV to move around and play with like shit like that's insane. And if anything, I I feel like now that we have these worlds that kind of like translate with different contexts, as long as long as there's a a good way to go about it, I think it could be done with a lot of different things. But yeah, Um, Jesus, I don't know what we'll be doing our next DVD commentary episode on, by the way, next year. But like, I hope it's a doozy. What did we did we, did we settle on Annihilation, or, or are we going to do like Double Dragon? Yeah, I don't know. We, we should do totally that. do the King of Fighters. Uh, <sighs> let's do Dead or Alive. That that or Dead or Alive. DVD tripe would yeah, be yeah, perfect yeah, for our yeah, do DOA guaranteed. All right, we can do DOA. I think DOA we'll be good. <laughs> All right. All right, we've. I kind of hate the the lead actress's it's, face a bit, but uh, it's really super bad too. It's so bad. It's all. It is all. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. So this last letter we got is um from Jared, and it is a uh, slightly a relationship email, but like it, oh, it's actually don't don't take our advice then. <laughs> yeah, Shoot. but um, it's 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 funny because I think it has more bearing than like I've ever heard uh, in terms of games. But like, all right, Jared writes. Hey guys, so I could really use your opinion on something, and before you roll your eyes, hear me out. Do uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> First off, uh, I belong to a Call of Duty clan. I've just recently been picked up by these guys. They're a pretty prestigious clan, and I've always enjoyed, like, or, I'm sorry, I, I've really enjoyed my opportunity to be like a part of this clan. I've always wanted to be a part of one. There is a problem, though. One of the clan members is this girl that I've been starting to get to know and starting to develop feelings for. And one of the one of the 
qualifying uh, thing. Ah, God damn it, dude. I can't even read. One of the qualifying terms of joining this clan was that you know, there could be no flirting or anything of that nature or, or any dating with this particular member. So I'm out of impasse. I really like her and I, I kind of want to go for it. And I think I have a chance, but I don't want to jeopardize my place on the new clan. And I really enjoy playing with them. What do you guys think I should go for? Well, so this is Call of Duty, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a COD clan. Uh, I'm kind of sad he didn't. I, I'm still like I'm looking at it like I really wish he mentioned his clan. I'm curious to see, but at the same time, yeah. I don't. I don't fucking know Call of Duty clan. So I I feel like he only jeopardizes his involvement in the clan if he does if he keeps the relationship with the girl or the potential relationship with the girl secret. I think if if he wants to pursue a relationship, I think he should be upfront with the clan and say, hey, you know, I, I I'm interested in her. Um, you know, there's other clans in Call of Duty. Doesn't mean you have to stop playing the game. Doesn't even mean you have to stop playing with those yeah. guys. I it mean, just means that you have to play in a different clan potentially, or they might have to consider some options. I mean, if they're well, that cut and dry about it, they're probably not a clan you want to be in to begin with. I mean, it's a video game. I know you're probably doing it on a, like a more of a semi-professional level, or you're playing it competitively, very competitively. But if you have a clan that is not willing to listen to, you know. A concern you may have or a potential hey you know i'm being upfront with you now this is my intentions you know how do you respond and if they're just gung-ho like nope sorry like you're out probably well, not even, clan you want to be with to begin with well even then it's really i think you should wait it out a little bit more i don't know or like if you want to send up a follow-up email give some more information because like the thing that i don't know is like you know she's a member of the clan too mm. so you know, I mean, how just how confident are you that she might return these feelings as well? I yeah. mean, by, you know, by confessing your feelings to her, I mean, who knows? Like, when, when I think of that rule, I don't think of that rule as being something that the clan necessarily came up with just all on their own, but something that she may have contributed to as well. Because yeah. for, for all we know, she... Like she might could just not, be really not, friendly. Might she might not want the attention. Yeah, yeah she could yeah. be really friendly and just like I said, she can also be just all business about it. Well, it. it I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of romantic at heart. So if, if it ends up being that she's interested and he's interested, like trust me, if you do decide to pursue a relationship, you're probably not gonna have time or any, you know, real concern about playing in a clan. Like you're gonna be too busy trying to, you know, hang out and do stuff together. So. I don't know. I feel like the clan can be secondary. I think relationships and the potential of relationships should be your top priority. Honestly, so I, just... I say go. I say go for it, but be upfront with everyone, including her and the clan. You know, don't, if you if you hide something, you hold something back. That's when you have the potential to kind of alienate people or you know make them not trust you. So I would say just be upfront. But if you it's something you're really interested in, I'd say go for it. I say okay. So this is here. Here's what it is. Like and it's and again it's it's a it's a very difficult question. I mean, believe it or not, and again, I we all know that like I could give a shit less about Call of Duty, but it's not what the game you're playing, but like you know just how you feel. I don't think you really have enough information or experience to go either way at this point. Sorry, as far as what it sounds like, but either way though, um, when you when I think that you have reached enough information or, or like I reached a point where like you, you've you've gotten more of a bearing uh you go with that man because like even then like you know it, it's call of duty right and there's a bunch of clans but you know what just like 
there's it's a girl there's a bunch of girls and just like a girl you like may have found the right clan for you uh, who knows like if you'd want to jeopardize that who how much how important is that to you more or less and even then like you know what do you see yourself getting out of like you know starting something like as far as a potential relationship with this girl i mean really whatever feels right to you go with that and like don't give a shit about what anybody else thinks because like in this situation i don't really see you hurting anybody i mean if anything the worst that could happen is that like you you could possibly jeopardize her place in the clan if you guys do do something but again like it's it's all a matter of just communication and as long as you you feel 100 percent behind whatever you go with just communicate that i mean hell there was one time i was set up on a blind date by some friends and like as i was getting ready for the date i decided to kill time and play final fantasy 5 and i was at that part where i was at the bottom of the ocean trying to get a blue mage spell that fucking blue mage spell and that to me that that took up way more my interest to the point where like you know i i just wanted to do that and then at the end of the night like everybody made fun of me for it like oh i i blew off a date just to play a video game but you know at the end of the night i i just i my heart wasn't really set on going out on that date and like i don't know there wasn't something like as mean as it might say there was nothing really like alluring or demanding of, of the woman like involved in the date though to where like i felt like the need to put that down i mean you you do what feels right and just make sure that like you know you're not doing something because you feel like you have to but you want to and, and when you want to do it make sure you, you fucking go about it the right way so that that's my opinion honestly i, I know you kind of want more than that but i don't know i can use more to go off of like i don't know how well do you know i know you, i mean mm. well your definition of we're hitting it off pretty well could like i said could very well be just her being really friendly i mean you're gonna have to get to know or get a better feel for the situation before you decide to confess something but wait hold on uh did he say whether or not he uh like knows this person in real life nope that is not in the email at all mm, yeah i think i'd probably sort of keep my distance if it was only over the internet but if you know each other in real life what's it gonna hurt really yeah i mean and 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 if again like and if it's like if it's anything long distance i'll tell you that right now i know i was just like totally being optimistic and telling you you know to go for you know chase your heart's desires but if, if she's in another state fuck it stick with the clan yeah they're like long distance relationships ultimately like I, I can speak, you know, maybe I, I could be wrong because, you know, there might be people out there who can make it work. But it's a, it's something it's a very tolling thing on you. And, you know, if, if it's something if you're already having a question of conscience over something small as this, you know, I don't know. And I don't say this in a mean way, Jared. I don't know if you'd have it any to pursue anything long distance anyway, man. So, yeah, get you know, what? feel free to email us about uh, email us back, dude. And like we may not get to it in a while. Um, but we'll try. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it'll still be a possibly a relationship by the time we get back to it. Yeah, I'd yeah. love, I'd love to hear it. But you know what? I think it's about time we just do episode end. Cool. I'm, I'm gonna go get joined into nice. a Call of Duty clan. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what, dude. Fuck Tinder. 
fuck OkCupid. Okay it's all about like Call of Duty clan hookups. Ooh, it's dude, about dude, dude, see if that domain, matches. dude, see if that domain call, is taken. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what do you want to call Call of Duty it? hook. Oh wait, Call of Duty clan hookup. I don't know. We need something a little more clever, like, like, like duty something. Duty, duty. Hmm. Wait, wait, hold on. I've got. Think this. of a say Wait, say wait. You duty got for this. the booty. Oh, Call of Booty. No, that's a porno. Oh, okay, I guess so. Yeah, uh, but, for but the Duty for has, the Booty. Ha, they have a Twitter page. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, it's a hashtag. It's a hashtag, Duty for the Booty. Yeah, oh, about, it, might mean uh, some, it might mean something completely different, too. Maybe, possibly. Call of Booty. Um, that's a porno. That is a porno along the lines with Womb Raider and uh, Left for Head and other... oh yeah I, i'm just seeing a bunch of buttholes <laughs> <laughs> like, COD, like, like, like like straight up buttholes <laughs> cod special ops for the that... lady in your life God, mm. very very special ops yes yeah i don't know about all that but anyway if you like what you listen to in press pause radio episode 89 you could follow us on twitter fan us on facebook and talk to us there within our facebook timeline group we've been getting a slew of different likes that's been awesome keep up keep up the stream of likes we like that uh and if you want to like be a part of that whole little email fiasco that was like feedback you can do so at mailbag at pressposrio.com again that's mailbag at pressposrio.com you can also reach us on our voicemail at ppr uh, i'm sorry 469 ppr talk and uh basically uh i'd like to go ahead and uh also address that you guys can uh, join our Steam group. We have a Steam community group where we like to not only play with you guys, but also uh, get in on Game Fest, which the next upcoming Game Fest is going to be Payday 2. And uh, we just became a Steam curator, too. Andrew's been staying on top of that. We've curated some sweet old games, right? Sure. Quote unquote, staying on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Let's see how many reviews that we do for PC games, and I remember to curate, but we'll try our best, guys. And if got, I don't Phoenix catch Rage. it. There you go. You got you to oh, do that one. Damn it. More work. Shit. Okay. I'll do that sometime. Never. <laughs> or, or or i can always pick up the mantle who knows but um yeah among that we've also done a ton of play plays i mean we've been able to do street fighter cross mega man uh fucking jesus what else uh pokemon type wild legend of princess and i even pulled out like the virtual boy and we got mario clash so you guys can um you know get uh red and bl- black epilepsy um it's all there uh, and, and more. I mean, we've got like a slew of other games coming. Uh, and also, as I mentioned, I'll be doing Burger Time World Kitchen on Twitch. Other features that are coming through, like Never Forget Sondoria, Pokemon Orphanage, a bunch of other cool features that we're bringing to the site that I definitely want to get some like community uh, involvement in. We're going to be really like interested in doing And definitely more now that we're getting back into the swing of things, uh, we're no longer going to be looking at that break. Uh, also, uh, you guys can check out some of the stuff that I've been doing over at readretro.com. We're working on issue five, so you guys can r- fucking subscribe to Retro Magazine. And we've got a subscription link on the site, which if you go through that link will get you uh, 10% off of uh, basically a yearly subscription. So definitely go ahead and uh, tap on that, as well as also check out some of my other work at 148apps.com. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, Sarah, what are, what are we doing? What are you doing for Bullet Heaven? Well, Bullet Heaven is on hiatus until November, but Series 6 is looking to be enormous with a potential somehow, and I doubt it's ever going to reach this uh, this point, but 
the potential for a minimum of 40 episodes, which would uh, top the record right now of 27 by a considerable margin. So lots of stuff coming. Uh, we've got a planned, I don't know what, four blocks planned for the next uh, the next year or so. We're also looking for the worst shooting games, which I know George is excited for at least one of them. Trevor McFur. <laughs> that is, in fact, a nominee for one of the worstest. Trevor McFur is currently yes. terrorizing my town right now, just so you guys know. <laughs> Trevor McFur. Oh, man. Oh, and man. Uh, there's also, I know Andrew is uh, kind of trying to organize critical fail. So, uh, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's taking some radical changes in that. I don't know when we'll be recording that again. Oh, <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, yeah, but it's um, it, basically the way it, it was, was we played through a campaign of Pathfinder. And we found out that we don't really play Pathfinder all that much when we're recording. We kind of go off the rails like we do in a lot of the shows we record. So it's probably going to be doing some changes. Like We'll basically upload like the remainder of that season uh, going through that, that campaign and, and finishing that campaign. And then after that, we're going to kind of restructure it. Um, that's, you know, James is kind of in charge of that. And James is kind of around, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, he's so, been he's been taking a small break, so that's why he yeah, hasn't been on the yeah, site so, lately. So, so we'll see. I think you know maybe once we get everyone kind of back in the place, it'll start coming up with some new stuff. So yeah, uh, that's something hopefully we'll have in the background here pretty soon. So yeah, but we'll also I'll, have I'll, some... I'll make sure to update everyone once we do get it all figured out. Yeah, we've also got new editorial features. You guys should check out like verses and late to the party. Uh, so be sure to check out that. Uh, I recently wrote something about GamerGate. And finally, on our podcast uh, side of things, I mean, if you guys are listening to this off of the show, keep in mind, we also are off of the show, off the website. You guys can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Scatter Radio, and soon uh, we're going to be on SoundCloud, and I'm really trying to get us on uh, Spotify. So, I mean, we're going to be fucking available on everything. Hell, if I work hard enough, I might bring back Zune, you guys. So, you can make it happen. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if you scoffed or you're just like if that if that like just oh, I, I scoffed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the hiccups. I remember trying to get our shit on Zoom, man. That fucking that, that was that was rough. That was rough. And then we actually was, had people listen what? to us on that. For what? I know, right? Damn you, Bill Gates. Well, I anyway. got it. Call of dating. Oh Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! Check the URL domain. My name is George Boyzax. God, I guess I'm on the internet. I'm toast. And this is the original Sarah spinning it like a DJ. Episode 89 of these things, man. Do they get better or worse? I don't know. I think they're going downhill. I think that's up to interpretation. <laughs>